Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. Hello, everybody. How you doing? I'm very well, man. I've realized that whenever we start the pod, I always lift my hands and go, hello, everybody. <laughs> it's kind of like a weird, I have to do it So now. uplifting. <laughs> I don't know what the wait, cool. UFC fighter stance well, is today. Well, you've had a hell of a week. Back in the ring, and I. <laughs> it was hilarious, man. I had a great time. Yeah, it was a really, really good show. SCPW uh, in yeah. Hawkins, uh, my in-ring return. I was a good guy. It went brilliantly, man. Your debut as a face? <laughs> I think it is, isn't it? I was saying I was saying to Rich before we, we got started, there were kids held their hands out to like have hand slaps. And I was like, I've missed like three because I never acknowledged them normally. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, genuinely, the SCPW show the other night was one of my favorite shows in a very long time. I had a marvelous time. Everything. There was good high spot wrestling and stuff, but it was fun. It was silly. It was entertaining. You had a, an audience of good few hundred people. 173 into that, into that tiny room. Really nice yeah. atmosphere, man. Like everyone was captivating, having a good time, laughing, cheering, booing. Like it was everything British pro wrestling, like indie wrestling should be, you know? And the thing that was really, I think, encouraging for SCPW as a promotion, no external names. Yeah, all our homegrown talent. Everyone trained by Mr. Wicked, all from the SCPW training certain folks in Kent. Yeah. And you could tell the quality because you saw, you know, we had 14 people in a rumble. There were people who've been injured. There are people who are on holiday. You know, we've got a huge roster. Mm. And now I'm your top baby face. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of Meathead, Mr. Wicked, Phoenix Strong, the okay. I'm, it's, it's I'm a baby face <laughs> and, and Hayley made her debut as well first female graduate yeah, she, she did awesome man yeah. she did really good Eliminate, she, she got Justin out I remember that and one fan and out one as well fan as with well. the top knot <laughs> oh, so good it was and good the, stuff man. and then uh, conspicuous by his absence as we said our guest would be Will Power who eliminated Hayley from the rumble uh, yeah. cheeky sod um, turns out that nothing to do with his employment in Ofsted, pretty much <laughs> running scared for an enemy from the Rumble. Of course, that's why he's not here today. So we've we'll... got to keep kayfabe alive. <laughs> <laughs> the very entertaining and very funny Will Power is meant to be here today for the podcast. He actually chose this show that we're going to be talking about, but unfortunately can't be here today. So I'm sure he'll return at another time and he'll pick a, a good show again, hopefully, because he picked a blinder for this one. Well, we don't want to get this wrong because we don't want to play a deadly game with willpower. <laughs> so today we are doing the WWF Survivor Series 1998. It's a deadly game. <laughs> deadly game. What a theme. So I hope Jim Johnson had nothing to do with that. <laughs> oh, that was Jim all over, wasn't it? It has to be. Deadly game. <laughs> deadly game. That's fucking great. So it's the 15th of November 1998. From the Keel Center in St. Louis, Missouri. Not St. Louis, apparently. Apparently St. Louis, because everyone's pronouncing it that way, which I found interesting. Is that the Camp New? <laughs> and the new camp, it's the right way oh, of getting uh, around. Yeah, probably. One of yeah. those things. Uh, it's a nice reference, considering how Champions League's this show is. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so the attendance was 19,322 sold out, apparently. Oh, I had 19... 19- Three, three, two. <laughs> Mate, it's fucking huge. Yeah, absolutely rammed. So many signs. I'd be pissed off that I wouldn't be able to see what's happening in the ring. Oh, for sure, as a fan. But like this 1998, height of the Attitude Era. It's just brilliant. So uh, we've got, um, basically, this is a one-night tournament to crown the new WWF World Heavyweight Champion, plus a few other matches. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've had now two months at this period of time where we haven't had a WWF Champion. Yeah, it's been two months. Like, so... I mean, vacant was WWF champion at this time. 
So I've got the whole backstory here because okay, I away. partly remembered it and partly just kind of double checked some of the old. Okay. I looked at some results on Cage Match. I looked at some of the shows on Pay Per View. I even watched the Sunday Night Heat and the Raw before this as well to have a little bit of a what the fuck's going on because I can barely remember most of it. Are we going to be covering Heat? Uh, no, not really. Like, okay. I'm going to mention it, but that's about it. Heat is how pre-show should be now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was so good. But so uh, basically... Um, the height of the attitude era i was 12 years old when this was broadcast and i'm pretty sure i watched this live yep 15 and i watched this live <laughs> just the height of my wrestling fandom as a kid this is i got cable i worked it out i did i did all the run all the dates and stuff i got really kind of into this so it was about eight months before this show that i got sky sports for the first time via ntl cable oh yeah like, oh, ntl yes. home <laughs> for sure man <laughs> Um, Good thing they didn't kill the fucking championship for so many years. <laughs> for sure, absolutely. And um, so the one thing I did find out about this show, just this is a kind of a bit of a segue. The Observer quoted that WF made $147,000 in merch. Huge gate. This one, that's just merch. Oh, so if you merch. Just merch. Nearly $150,000 in merch in one night. That's not bad. And sometimes <laughs> so much money. And just to throw it out there, again, with all the Twitter beef that's going on, oh, WWE's a shit product. Yeah, that's why I've seen WWE 365 and Alexa Bliss's brand new house after you bought her parents a house, because she sells merch. Yeah, for sure. Like, she's not doing too bad for herself at the moment. You can sell five t-shirts for 20 bucks a t-shirt, but when you've got 150k yeah. of merch and you're getting a decent percentage of that, yeah, you're doing all right on one show. <laughs> What's that got to do with the beef feud? I lost the context of what you're saying. Bank accounts. Okay. Oh, Seth claiming to it. be like a rich dude or whatever. Like, I wonder um, if Will Ospreay sure and Becky Lynch had some beef in the past. Uh, she had some of Osprey's beef. I doubt it. Uh, well, who knows? Um, so the Sunday night heat beforehand. Uh, I'm astonished that a Sunday night heat, a pre-show event essentially, has immediately got a fuck ton of pyro at the beginning of it. <laughs> I love brilliant. <laughs> the whole start of this. So obviously, um, I, I assume you watched this on the network as well. Yeah, yeah. So having just like the uh, the filler before the intro to Sunday Night Heat, just that retro attitude era. Yeah, uh, I love that. But then it's really tailed off about how shit the intro music and video to Sunday Night Heat is. It's not great, is oh, it? It's awful. That? You can't even read the letters Sunday Night Heat yeah. because of all the flame effects and stuff they've got going on. They've obviously watched the Nitro intro and go. Let's just rip that off, make it a bit kind of like trashier for like MTV because that's where this show yeah. went eventually. I don't think it was on MTV at this time. It was USA, wasn't it? It was on USA for this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was live on sure. USA. So, I, I mean, yeah. I haven't like talked about the matches because the matches were a bit rubbish, to be honest. But like, I wish there was a hard, that Hardy's too much match. I yeah. wish we could have seen that, but it was a dark. So it's not even on Sunday Night Heat. I love the fact that even though it's on the network, they still kept in the adverts of the other TV shows on the network oh, that evening. For sure. At nine <laughs> o'clock, we've got Nikita. Oh, who's she going to find? <laughs> I marked out for that hard. That's actually. brilliant. That's really funny. And some great cornet lines because this was also a couple. I, I don't know how soon after this was the WCW pay-per-view that went off air because it overran right and like Cornette was like we'll be here at this time because we know how to keep time <laughs> <Didn't> <laughs> yes that, Jim well done oh that's great man so uh, there's one or two standout moments that really happened for me on this Sunday Night Heat that I, I think we have to mention the first one's Farouk and Bradshaw debut as a team for the first time beating down the DOA with black tights and kind of religious kind of hieroglyphic symbols all over their chests and tights and I've always supported Ron Simmons for his lifestyle choices <laughs> <laughs> this is the first um um apocalypse the, the, the acolytes acolytes sorry yeah. that's the oh, fucking yeah disciples of apocalypse there you go wrong yeah. ones yeah 
Yeah, the Acolytes, the first and time. Never before have I enjoyed watching the Harris brothers have the shit kicked out of them so much. Exactly. Like Farouk <laughs> beating the fuck out of these racist dudes at ringside. It's really good. Although at least Bradshaw went at one of them with a chair. <laughs> at least Farouk was like, here's some stairs. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing was uh, the blue blazer repelling down from the ceiling. And it's like, it's so difficult to watch because you yeah. know in a very, very short time they're going to try this again. And it's going to kill Owen Hart. Oh, it's awful. But watching him do this gimmick, it's fucking hilarious. He's flying around like a pinata. And Steve Blackman's beating the crap out of him. And he can't get out the rigging. And they just pull him back up. (laughs) It's fucking... Owen was the best, man. He was fantastic. Like, Owen talking through this backstage. and be like, what are we going to do, right, boys? (laughs) You know, it's just so funny. Pinata me, Steve. Exactly. Steve Blackman was probably too serious to go, what's a pinata? (laughs) doesn't understand you know <laughs> another thing out of Sunday Night Heat I didn't realise I'll remember how huge Tiger Ali Singh was he was a big he's boy he's a big dude he was never over <laughs> oh yeah he's definitely over he was shit even when he managed Chaz and D'Lo and they're like really racially insensitive tag team everyone wearing a turban but yeah. none of them <laughs> are um, Sikh in any way shape or form it's, at all. it's an interesting choice you know but anyway so uh, basically this whole thing ends with a big like, massive brawl at the end like with all the guys that are going to be on the tournament and it's a nice way to set up it's just brilliant L- this is how a pre- I said before this is how a pre-show yeah. should be they got over the matches it was free they had in-ring action and if you're on the USA Network, you're watching the hottest thing on their network at the time because it was the biggest draw, I think, on USA in 1998, sort of ratings-wise. What, Raw? Yeah. Yeah, for So sure. if, you're, if you're watching that and you go, oh, I want to pay $50 for this pay-per-view and it finished off with a massive brawl, but it's put over everything that's going to happen. Yeah. Little vignettes going through the evening as well, through heat. I was like, this is... Yeah, it's yeah. really good. It's a really, real really shame good. that they they should have just they should just do this for pre-show yeah just just have a little show before it like yeah. an event with four matches on it like get people on the show get people like pumped up if i was a casual watching this sunday night heat i probably would have ordered this pay-per-view yeah and and again you haven't given away your big name talent but can you imagine someone like bala on usa network for an hour yeah like the ufc do it very well they always have the pre-show where they have like five or six fights yeah and the, the base the fights they pick are the ones that they know are going to be crazy scraps just to get people excited for it, and that's what you want. You want the like the two hundred five guys. Basically. You want the knockout. Well, that's yeah, it. Yeah. You you start you start your uh, your pre show with the two hundred five guys. Mm-hmm. You finish it with your main event angle. Yeah, and th- and then you go into the show. And, and they've got like you know Rock and Austin and Undertaker and Kane all coming out and, on the pre show, yeah. like building to this main event. And I'm not sure. You should have them having matches on the pre-show, but you can have them doing segments and such and building the narrative to get to those main yeah. events, you know? That'd be fucking great. And now you've got all the secondary titles and there's so many titles, you yeah, could yeah. easily have... They've like, got like 14 titles nowadays. Oh, it's it's disgusting. ridiculous. <laughs> but essentially, like um, like Ryback used to call himself like the, the champion of the pre-show. Yeah. You could basically just have the 24-7 title on because it's a USA Network thing. You could have it on there. And then I even started thinking, why do you fucking turn the first hour of Raw into the heat pre-show for monday night raw oh that'd be great wouldn't because it? then you can okay i want to watch monday night raw oh i want to watch this you can have your 205 boys on there so you can utilize more talent yeah and then you've got just a two-hour show to book brilliant because you can have throwaway matches on heat like gary lineker and phil neville building to the show yeah. you know building to the match or whatever exactly you know? it'd be amazing so in terms of like building to this pay-per-view we've got a bunch of storylines coming in which i kind of went back and mostly remembered but some had to check facts and stuff so i'll quickly run through it so we've all got an idea of what the storylines are because this is one of those rare times where we watched all of this stuff around this yeah because it was we were kids this is when we watched wrestling when i started watching wrestling i'd go in school and say would anyone watch wwe and then i realized i had no friends so i watched <laughs> wwe <laughs> 
<laughs> loads of people at my school were into it. We've had this conversation yeah. before. Maybe it's like a North London thing. People actually gave a shit and talked about it or whatever. I don't As know. opposed to like croquet. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your lacrosse mitt? <laughs> So, pay-per-view build, right? Austin beat Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14 for the belt. Austin goes on a rampage through 1998, feuding with Vincent Mann, essentially, is what it boils yeah. down to. And Mankind, and there's some bits with other people, like Shamrock and Rock and stuff like that. But nothing really. It's mainly just Vince and Austin. Yeah. Um, Vince essentially uh, hires Taker and Kane to end Austin's reign, Brothers Destruction and that sort of stuff. A breakdown 1998, Taker and Kane both pin Austin at the same time, and Vince leaves with the strap, flipping off Austin as he leaves. And you're like, I remember this so vividly, being furious that Austin wasn't the champ in this bullshit finish. Oh, I know? remember the Monday Night Raw afterwards as well. Absolutely. With, with the belt in the cabinet. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. This is the, they've changed from the winged, winged eagle. Like, yeah. Four or five months before this. In well, like, this was the night after Mania, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they changed sure. it to the um, blue leathered belt it, around it, it's it, wasn't pretty. it? It's pretty. I like this belt. Yeah, nice. I, I mean, I love the wing belt for nostalgia's point, and that it's just like it was the Hogan belt, you know what I mean? But it needed a bigger, more glamorous looking belt, and this one's gorgeous. This is, I think, my favorite WWF title of all time. I Again, think I think right it's because it was when I was in my peak and really enjoying it. Yeah. But also uh, aesthetically, it's just gorgeous. It's yeah, really pretty. Looking Bigger, thing. looks like a championship belt. Trying yeah. to compete with the big gold belt as well in size. Yeah, and if you're a champion, you want a big fucking belt. Yeah, and it, but it's still the eagle stuff. It's yeah. traditionally WWE. You know, it's what we all know and love and everything, but just improved, which is all you can ask for, really. Yeah, you know, top dog. How long can we talk about a belt for? <laughs> I could do this for the next half new hour. show. New show. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Hardy's TNA belt. Fucking <laughs> hell, I think it was ugly. So uh, the Rock is on the rise over after his first face turn in the company. Traditionally, he's been like the big heel after coming in for the last year or so, and he's just turned face. Previous um, before survivor series that we're doing today um a man doing everything he can to stop rocky the nation slash corporation guys haven't quite formed yet but they're all there as heels um who've been attacking rock and austin um a rock has this classic quote after vince is mean to him and he says i'd rather be the people's ass than kiss yours yeah so it's full face here rocky you know but is he? <laughs> well, that's the thing, as you saw in all the, the vignettes, case of he's going to do everything. He's going to do everything. It's like, ah. For sure, yeah. So Foley is doing the corporate gimmick, calling Vince dad. Because uh, <laughs> this just is amazing. Off, this is after basically Shane turned around and did his little thing going, I could never make you proud. I could never good enough for you. Yeah, and then yeah. Vince McMahon sat there going to mankind, going, I may have lost a son today, but I think. I've gained the sun <laughs> and gave him the hardcore belt as well that's this time. That's well. his reward as well. Is this, yeah. I remember so many people going to me, that is the winged belt. They've just destroyed it. And I remember as a tw- even as a 12-year-old going, why would they destroy their old belt to make this piece of shit? You know? I don't know. I, I think this is literally this was just an old copy belt. It wasn't the original winged eagle belt. Yeah, but I think sure. that hardcore belt over time, someone kept it because it kept on falling to pieces. Yeah, so I think some, someone's got over the years. collected all of the bits of the original hardcore oh, title. Amazing. I wonder where that belt is nowadays. Probably in the archive somewhere. Horribly ruined by Tommy Dream when he came with that, that number plate belt when he was hardcore champion before they retired it oh, and I unified it. Uh, it was a bad time. I'm sure it was. Yeah, wow. I'm have to look that up that's i don't remember that at all Uh, it's fucking awful anyway so when you really boil it down the storylines are austin and rock are on fire as faces like this is the most heat any face people have ever had in existence ever i think right agreed yeah yeah absolutely rather than like but hogan in his prime after beating andre maybe can compete but that's about it 
Yeah. It's about as close as you ever get with a face, I'd say. Um, they're feuding with Vince. Uh, Shane is also feuding with Vince. Uh, Vince took away his corporate job and made him a lowly referee. So Shane's now a ref, right? Um, doing ring crew and all sorts yep. is what they put over on commentary all the time. Uh, the other bit we need to kind of point out is Taker and Kane have been given buys into the quarterfinals, um, assuming uh, due to taking out the, taking out Austin previously. Yep. And now Vince wants those two to take each other out. And so they have to have buys is the gimmick they put over. Yeah. doesn't make total sense, but... But we get the idea. And we've also had the, uh, as they, they put over on Heat as well, they've had the, the reconciliation yeah. between Paul Bearer and The Undertaker. So the Undertaker is now more heel, and he's done the fireball that took out X-Pac as well. Well, sorry, yeah. he ducked the fireball that was meant for The Undertaker from Kane. Really interesting in that you can see a lot of Russo influence in these storylines, even though he's kind of off to WCW pretty soon yeah. around this time, isn't he? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was. Um so it's all a bit trashy and a bit silly and stuff, but it's also the 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 it's it's not elongated storytelling necessarily. Like Taker and Kane, Kane only debuted like this year, or maybe the year I think before, it was the year before just about. Yeah, but it's less than a year, and his dad has already gone back to the Undertaker essentially, <laughs> and they're just like ah fuck off, little Kane. You know, even though Kane is like a dominant monster still. Yeah, it's 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 I I, I would have liked this to have been a year or two down the line. Maybe it felt a bit rushed. I prefer the Kane who can't talk. This is my favorite oh, version. Oh, of Kane. He's brilliant on this show. Yeah. Like, and he's he's scary and he used to terrify me as a twelve-year-old. I remember a match with him and Foley on Raw, where they had the red lighting, and oh, Mick was nice. refusing to fight back because he was doing the anti-kind of violent gimmick thing at the moment. And I remember like genuinely thinking he's going to kill that man on television. <laughs> Foley would have loved it. Yeah, exactly. Because Foley was bumping like a beast, and like Kane would do sit like. And try and make him safe Foley would be like fuck it and just like fly yeah. into things and oh it's just terrifying but like really really over with me so anyway right to our main show Survivor Series 1998 the game opening video package uh, the whatever it takes promo with everyone kind of going like you know I need to do this I'll do whatever it takes to win the title whatever tonight it takes, whatever it takes whatever it takes there's what? a lot of that. It's pretty all right. cool. All right, Ken Shamrock. Oh, whatever it takes. Yeah, all right, Ken. Adrian. I was pretty sure this is voiced over by Undertaker. Yeah. Because it's got his kind of drolly kind of southern tones over yeah. the top of it. Like, I'd say so. It's pretty good. It's not bad. It's done well. It's it's not the only lad kind of like, you know, the... What's the promo they always used to do with the guy sitting in the old seats? Oh, uh, Freddie Blassie and yeah. all that. Like, yeah, the Legends yeah. promos. Those promos are amazing. Like, yeah. it, they're, tr- they're aiming for that atmosphere sort of thing yeah. in the very it's really cool i'll stop going on about video packages shall i um so there's some really cool stuff going on some really cool light move in the effects and the shadows and stuff really cool typical 90s smoking skull logo and the big opening stage with the giant skull on it and stuff this is how pay-per-view should be rather than this man going just save a couple of thousands just yep. use raw let's just put different colors in the leds this time you know yeah <laughs> like, i want some sets back this is really cool it looks amazing this is what makes pay-per-views i, I I know everyone gets really hyped for for WrestleMania with what's the staging going to be for it. Yeah. But even this year's staging at Mania was a case of, oh, all right, shit. you've got a you've got a nice little video entrance ramp, the little wobbly pleather ramp all the way down, yeah. like fucking disgusting. Oh, I'm Alexa Bliss. I've got a big podium to step up out of the middle out of the entrance ramp. Yeah. All right, well done. Yeah, needed more, didn't it? Yeah. So, um, and Hulk Hogan was there, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. So there's fuck tons of pyro because it's the '90s, and obviously you know we need pyro on our show. And then the lights come up. And 20,000 people pop at the same time. And you're like, fuck, I missed 1998. This is so cool. The amount of signs in oh, the crowd. It's insane. It's, 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 it's astonishing. 
Like people giving a shit about what's happening in a pro wrestling ring like this. It's amazing to see. I was thinking a lot of this because I was thinking, because we, we speak about the signs a lot in wrestling. The opportunity to be seen in the public eye, which has now been replaced by social media. Yeah. Because people aren't going to take signs now. They do their funny, witty posts on social media, and that's how they think they can get noticed. As like, as yeah. we said, TV is a dead medium. So, did you see me on TV last night? No, I've recorded it. I'll watch it in a few weeks. Okay. I don't think that's the only reason signs disappeared. I think people... And WWE don't accept the Sable 69 signs. <laughs> there were so crowd. many of those. Yeah. Fucking hell. But yeah, I don't know why signs aren't there anymore. I think it just kind of, the trend disappeared a little bit. And I think the audience got a bit older, to be honest, as well. I, I think the audience got a bit older and now the new y- younger audience coming in. I, I wonder if WWE have a case of where you can't bring that in. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I take a step back there. I, I regret saying the audience got older because it hasn't. Like it's, it's aimed at younger people now, isn't yeah. it? But there was a time period for sure when this audience, '98, kind of started aging. Yeah, the eighteen to thir- the eighteen less. to thirty sort yeah. of demographic, and obviously the tail end of those a case of, yeah, probably got to do proper jobs now. I can't be seen. What are you doing? I'm going to the wrestling with a big sign that says "Suck It." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, have you ever taken a sign to a pro wrestling show? Uh, no, someone bought a sign for me at, uh, for a Tex Williams sign to a previous oh, SCPW awesome. show. I took one show to, um, I think it was the first Capital Carnage, I want to say. Nice. Uh, that was a big tombstone with Undertaker and Paul Bearer on it. And I was like, yeah, I'm so cool. <laughs> Goth Did, rich. <laughs> we need to find that and see if we can find you on the network. Oh, no. it's, it's Well, it, I'm technically, uh, I'm opposite the hard cam, but we're like off to the right-hand side, like a million miles back on the right-hand side. That's fine. We'll find you. <laughs> In the cheap seats, you know. <laughs> anyway, so um, we've got JR and King on commentary. And what more to say at this time? Excellent. They're they both cared. Great, aren't they? It's yeah. just, uh, it's just everything. They're just they're so good at putting over whatever story is happening at the time and not being fed lines. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Being able to respond and react naturally. And, and if they are being fed lines, they're fucking good at covering it up. You know. I'm really glad that Vince McMahon was. A, that's probably it. Vince McMahon needs to be a key part of storyline, so he's not on headsets. Oh, that's it. Because he's outside. Because he, he's outside as talent, they can fucking do what they want. Great. Yeah, that's why it's outside. <laughs> <laughs> So JR and King run down the brackets for this evening. Uh, the Fink, Howard Finkel, introduces Vince McMahon at ringside with the Stooges. And Vince is in a wheelchair. Do you remember why? I can't remember as such, but I think he's he was genuinely hurt Yeah. at, at this time. So do you remember the introduction of Mr. Socko? Yes. With Vince in the hospital and yeah. Austin and everything. The bedpan. Bong. That predates this. So that's why he's in the wheelchair. It's uh, that whole okay. thing where he, like Austin broke his ankle or whatever and they went to the hospital and did the Mr. Socko bits. So yeah, so that's why. Ah, okay. It's all good. Uh, so we introduce uh, with a Vince promo, like cold entrance straight into Vince. Okay. So Vince introduces corporate mankind Mick Foley. Uh, he's wearing a tuxedo, has the hardcore belt, and an old creepy music. <laughs> like, this is so such a weird time for Mick. This is when Mick had his normal entrance music, and then he had the really like lullaby stuff for when he wins, isn't it? The creepy kids yeah. music whenever yeah. he wins a match. It's fucking strange, man. I've, I've heard Mick explain this before. It still weirds me out seeing it. This was the one thing he pitched uh, as the Mankind character, reading, yeah. like, Have a Nice Day. Uh, this was a case of that was his idea that he comes out with his dark music he finishes with the kids music and because he didn't like the mask didn't like the mankind name but this is the only thing they did that 
yeah. he's pitched and it's like he's meant to be like have a child's mind or something yeah so he's got this beautiful like oh he's like in his glory moment he's won a match and uh, it's bray wyatt it's super creepy <laughs> it very much is so uh boss man won't shake hands with mick when mick comes out but mick grabs his hand anyway and shakes <laughs> yeah, it for him yeah. <laughs> this boss man is fucking great on this show it's like a dastardly villainous yeah. heel that gives no fucks about anything it's really good it's when they brilliant. brought him back that they have finally made him lose a ski mask Oh, because he's sure. been like the first month or so just under a mask, and I'm like, yeah. that must be pretty warm. Oh, sorry, uh, yeah, it's, it's just the best. The yeah. boss man's fucking great. Oh man, how, how good would have he been as a trainer? Had he if he yeah. was still around? Absolutely, man. Real, real big loss because he's so good here. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's evil as fuck when and he needs put, to be, and basically helped build Hogan. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's like the baby face, like boss man. I love that character. And onto the heel boss man before he turns. Yeah, for sure. He was good as well. But for me, it's classic baby face boss man was where I loved him the most as a kid. Probably going to run over. But best thing with boss man, when he started as a heel, they went to like the old jail he was and they had all the inmates say how he was horrible and everything. (laughs) And when he turned face, they went back to the same jail and recall the inmates going, oh, he helped me reform as a character. He helped me do this. (laughs) (laughs) Always considerate to our needs. Always willing to give us a second chance. Just the best, man. So Vince introduces Mick's mystery opponent for the night. Uh, jump ship to the WCW. He did this. He did that. He's the coach of the blah, blah, blah hurricanes. Like, it's this big introduction. And it's like, it's Dwayne Gill. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, our oh, king is the funniest. Because he just goes, who? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great, man. So Dwayne Gill is hilariously happy to be here. He's terrified by his own spooty pyro. And you're like, this is so funny Dwayne Gill was brilliant in that role yeah man I mean you want to kind of go up to him at this point seeing him and not yet and be like just just hang on mate you've got a gimmick coming that you're going to pay for years you're going to be able to yeah. go to conventions you're going to be able to work that Gilbert character got over like fuck <laughs> and cruiserweight champion <laughs> sorry no sorry light heavyweight champion was he a women's champ at one point as well no not Gilbert no. that was Harvey Whippleman oh yeah champ. it was yeah yeah so anyway our first match of the deadly game tournament first round so this is pre-quarterfinals so we're still in yeah. like what would it be? The last round of 16. Last 16 of the Champions League. There you go. These are the champions. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. Imagine <laughs> if WWE did a tournament and had that as their music. <laughs> like when they ripped off great balls of fire. <laughs> for sure. So uh, Mick squashes the fuck out of Dwayne Gill, as you might expect. 30 seconds. Yeah, for sure. Double arm DDT by Foley for the 1, 2, 3 and progressing into the quarterfinals as Mankind. Uh, the creepy kids music, obviously, after the win. It's just fucking freaky. But yeah, great really funny like you know this is vince uh, going this is my guy we're gonna cheat him all the way to the win you know yeah he's gonna have the belt for us he's my son <laughs> well exactly good start <laughs> so we get a recap of jacqueline hitting sable over, over the head with the belt from heat building up the tension for this match uh their acting is pretty fucking terrible yep well so is our acting in playboy oh for sure could you act in a playboy you could pretend no just get naked like it's all good. I mean, Jackie did a UK show on a pay per view, on a UK only pay per view. Guess uh, which show? The one you went to, <laughs> Captain Carnage. <laughs> oh, I, th- I think it was Insurrection, actually. Oh, okay, yeah. Or one of them, I don't remember. Yeah, pull the top down out, pop the boobies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she had her back to us, which is a shame. But I remember my sister being like, hard cam. <laughs> Something was certainly hard. For sure. I remember my sister going, uh, oh, no, don't look at that. <laughs> With me. It's really funny. So uh, Kevin Kelly and his goatee <laughs> are backstage with a short, angry Sable promo. Uh, it's just a short, angry. She's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm just angry. I'm going to go kick fucking Jacqueline's butt. I'm going to kick her butt right now. 
Ah, uh, Mrs. Brock Lesnar. Kevin Kelly's the best. Yeah. I love Kevin Kelly. His little fucking spooty goatee. It's worse than my facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> just the best. You think how far Kevin Kelly's come now. Like, fuck's sake, who cares? But like, you know, Kevin Kelly's the best. I mean, I would. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> what, Kevin Kelly? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Deadly Game Tournament first round match of Al Snow versus Jeff Jarrett. How do you spell his name again? J-A-double-R. No, J-E. Oh. <laughs> Why have you got, no, you haven't got the first name. I just went to Jarrett. J-A-F-J-A-W-I-E-T-Y and double J with Deborah. Uh, Mrs. Steve Austin. Mrs. Get Punched in the Face by Steve Austin. Yeah, for sure. Let's not skip around this. Well, you know. <laughs> Careful now. So, uh, um, <laughs> I didn't have anything to say it wouldn't be really offensive. This match is fucking shit, isn't it? It was, yeah. <laughs> Absolute fucking dirt. Jeff Jarrett's best ever match was the AWA. <laughs> well, you say that until we watch next week's show. Okay. What's next week? The TNA turning point. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll do that. So, um, Je- yeah, basically, the good thing about oh, certain tournament so matches, go on, yeah. this is like if you're watching a World Cup, you go, oh, brilliant, I've got Saudi Arabia versus South Korea. <laughs> Probably don't need to watch that, but, you know, it might have an impact later on the tournament for someone to beat one of these people. Exactly. I mean, Al Snow. I know he's like a trainer now and stuff and seems to be some sort of relevance. I hate listening to him talk about pro wrestling. I, I disagree with almost everything he says. What are you talking about, collar elbow? <laughs> um, and it's like, everything he does in this match is just for the sake of doing it. He wants to be regal, and yeah. he will never be regal. No, he's like, a, he, everything he does is convoluted, dumb, high spot stuff. That just, you could achieve the same thing by doing something ten times simpler that the fans would get behind. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's dumb. Like, he starts the match by stalking Deborah, and you're like, Why? This is not your fucking gimmick. Because, you know, Austin got over by punching her. So he was like, if I punch her, maybe I'll get a belt. <laughs> not in 1998, he didn't. But anyway, it's all good. So uh, there's one cool spot here where they do a... Sp- uh, one goes, guy goes to do a spine buster. I think it's Double J goes to do a spine buster. And Al Snow gives him a DDT out of it. I was like, that's pretty cool, man. Like, you lift the guy up and he's like, oh, shit. But it's yeah. completely unrealistic. Yeah, it's unrealistic. It had no place and looked completely out of place with what Al Snow was trying to do. Yeah, for sure. Good thing about Al Snow is that, um, well, you know, he trained all those really good people in Tough Enough, didn't he? Yeah, for sure. So, um, (laughs) where is Maven? (laughs) Uh, Snow grabs the head. Uh, Wait, hang on, hang on. There's uh, So, basically, both guys um, knock their heads together because they're gormless fucks. Uh, Then Deborah's, that's Deborah's cue to get up on the apron and hand the belt. I'm sorry. That's Deborah's cue to get up on the apron and head towards Double J and give him the head. So, hang on. She has a go towards Double J to give him head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, full of dick jokes. Attitude <laughs> error. Uh, Snow then grabs the guitar, swings and misses. Snow then gets a boot up as Jarrett kind of rushes in. Uh, Snow then grabs the head, hits Jarrett with the head in his head. <laughs> uh, head for the one, two, three. <laughs> I don't know what to say. How Jerry, the King Lawler, and JR called this without tripping up over the head bit, I, like, I never know. How Snow hit Jeff Jarrett in the head. So, you know, Al gave yeah. Jarrett head. One, two, three. Al Snow progresses into the next round. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just dumb, isn't it? So, I mean, in fairness, you know, he did get over on the uh, on, on Heat when he helped out the new members of the job squad, Scorpio and uh, mulleted Bob Holly. Yeah, it felt like he did that. Like, do you notice every time when he does his little head dance, he went, there's three times he does it on this night. He goes to the same people every time. Yeah. Because they're the ones that responded when he did it on Heat. And you're yeah. like, 
Man, that's cheap as fuck. You're not even taking a chance. Like That's fine. Cheap heat works. Cheap pop. Oh, I don't know. It's not for me. Anyway. So another deadly game first round tournament match of Steve Austin. Stone Cold fucking Steve Austin. The man versus the big boss man. Oh, man. This, this, what? Look at this on paper. You go, this is going to be flipping incredible. Yeah. Really solid. Yeah. Love just it. like two of my favorite workers ever. Like just killing it. It, it. This may sound a little controversial. Austin doesn't ever let anyone get heat over him. No. You notice this? He's more and more. Steve Austin. And as you said, all the way up and through when he refuses a job to Brock, that was it for Steve Austin. Yeah, but we, we shit on Hogan for this a lot. Austin's almost as bad. He, he's like never really taken a big fall, is he? And when you put it like that, when we go, oh, Hogan's a massive racist. Austin's a lady beater. <laughs> yeah, he's not the most PC of people in existence ever, no. is he? But it works at this time in 98. At least Al Snow's not a racist or never punched a lady to my knowledge. <laughs> you outside can't of the work and lick those. So. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, um, you leave Leaf Cassidy out of this. <laughs> so, 1998, Big Boss Man gives zero fucks about you or anything to do with you. He's the best. Uh, glass break. That music. Oh, that erupted. Oh, it's just resting heaven. It really is the best. Oh, it's so over. He's so over. And you could tell they ruined him when he turned heel, had the alliance, and they had the trying to speed it up. Or when they had H Block do his theme song. Yeah, for sure. I used to love that as a kid, but whatever. So just sometimes I get a little angry. Sometimes I get a little mad. Sometimes 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 it's great. So Vince is watching on a tiny monitor in the back, and it's kind of funny, like with his stooges and everything. It's really really good. Clear low blow by boss man halfway through the match and young Mike Kyoto is like I didn't see anything <laughs> yeah. it's kind of you know how WCW they relaxed the rules about a year after this Yeah, it feels like they're almost kind of there with this tournament there's lots of bullshit breaking of the rules and no one's oh, yeah. doing anything about it many many shenanigans mm, for sure my two favourite tag teams, Tom Fooler and Shenanigan. <laughs> That'd be a great sub. So, uh, Hello, young boys. Under the masks at the weekend. <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> I've got plenty of masks, mate. <laughs> so Austin stumps a mud hole and Bubba in the corner. Bossman slides out. Austin follows. Bossman smashes Austin in the ribs with a nightstick. And progressing to the quarterfinals via disqualification is Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, kept boss man strong, especially as he just returned to the company. Yep. DQ finished to get over the hill tactic of beating down the top babyface. Yeah. Tick, tick, tick for me so far. Just brilliant. Other than so, Jeff Jarrett versus Al Snow, but oh, we'll ignore that because yeah. I tried to ignore it when I was watching it. You've got to try and make stars somehow. And like, let's face it, Al Snow has ability at this time. Yeah. Like, when you watch him working in ECW, he's doing the crazy cool spots. It's just none of it fucking means anything. Good thing Jeff Jarrett's there. You would have thought Jeff Jarrett being like, you know, a reasonably good narrative guy from the AWA or whatever would would be not, well, not the AWA. He was, he was wrestling somewhere else, wasn't he? For his dad, uh, he Memphis. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Well. whatever. Uh, he did wrestle for Memphis yeah, for a while. Sorry, yeah, that's fine. But anyway, you would have thought they'd be able to drag some sort of narrative out of this, but they've got like five five minutes or so. It's not long. These are all fast tournament matches. But again, this is the time where Jeff Jarrett was getting ready to be on his way out as well, wasn't he? Because it was yeah. only a few months after this, and he had the good housekeeping oh, match with China. Yeah. He knew he was probably going to WCW, and then having the creative. Al, bro, bro, bro. Al Snow's going to beat you with head. Yeah. 
Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so boss man post match just comes down and beats Austin. Uh, he then leaves and then comes back to beat him down a bit more. And you're like, he's doing so cool. It's like Vince's henchman essentially. Yeah, like he's an evil Bond villain henchman coming to beat up Austin, and he's fucking great at it. And even though we had eight million matches in this, <laughs> oh, having um having boss man come back was basically Vince going, no, no, you've got time, still got time to fill. We've timed it out at the back. Pritchard's timed it out. You yeah. Know. There's lots of this where they feel like they're rushing through matches. Yeah. Like every single match in this tournament has a jump start. Like every single one. Like literally as as the other person gets in the ring, oh, jump. There you go. Deadly game, mate. Wow. There we go. <laughs> so Vincent Mann uh, backstage with Michael Cole and his tuxedo. <laughs> he just says Austin's in for it. It's, it's a bit of a nothing promo. You can tell early Michael Cole, who hadn't worked on losing his regional diction, quoting Anchorman, mm. and working on my regional diction. Very nice. Like Michael Cole and uh, Jim Cornette on commentary on Heat. Yeah. To how Because I listened then to uh, a Michael Cole now. Yeah. And it's, it sounds like a completely different person. It does. It's. Um, I not- really want to tell you, I want to tell you about this wrestling that we're going to see. And now Michael Cole <laughs> is a war correspondent. He hasn't got much better. Oh, come on. As- <laughs> When Michael Cole's replaced, <laughs> if it's not by me, then... And I'd be fired. Fuck off, Vince! <laughs> How are you 110 and still alive? Yeah, he he has an awkward job to do. I can see that. But it's his tone of voice is not pleasant to listen to. Not for a seven-hour WrestleMania. That's why I think it's nice how they switch up the commentary teams. But a couple even- of hours on Raw, I'm just like, oh, I just... Your voice is really fucking annoying, man. Yeah. You know? Anyway. So, uh, Deadly Game Tournament first round, first round match of Steven Regal. He's a man! Such a man! <laughs> I hope we don't get a, uh, a copyright a real, slap for this. Keep going! <laughs> a real man's man! It's fucking great! <laughs> It's and uh, so over at Xbox. And Xbox. He's also here. <laughs> the European champion Xbox is here. I love this because this is the same time that Regal was taking such exception to a non European holding the European title. <laughs> and I was like, yes, Regal. This is brilliant. <laughs> With the current state of the fucking EU bullshit we've got going on in this country, you know, this is an interesting time. So uh, Xbox music is just fucking terrible. It's like a shit cover version of the normal yeah. DX music. Make some noise, Xbox! <laughs> That, that's basically it's Jim a- Johnson being mildly racist. <laughs> X-Pac! <laughs> kind of. He's super over here, though. Yeah. Like, the crowd care about X-Pac, which is interesting. <laughs> they don't belong. <laughs> Give like, it two years. Exactly. <laughs> so X-Pac, uh, that's the in-ring spooty pyro, and I'm like, oh, I missed this. This could be an easy one. I mean, he's got that pyro, but then I just thought, that who? Cause has any wrestler had so much shit entrance music because then he had the X Factor thing done by Uncle Craig. I got everything I ever wanted. <laughs> the best. I, never back. Well, I know you hate X Factor. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> it's a shit faction. It's good heat though. It's not. It's bad heat. It's very go away heat. Uh, you I, could say X Factor heat if you will. But even then, I I wouldn't turn off my TV screen. It's like the Baron Corbin. Oh, he's got no. go away heat. Yeah, I just I just sit there and go. People don't like him. He doesn't wear the so... right ring gear. Yeah, he's wearing it to fuck you off. <laughs> I practically turned off yeah. during their main event, but like that's not for now. So Lumberjack Regal is a man. He's a real man's man. He's the fucking best. I absolutely love Regal at this time. It's in an in an time when everyone's doing punches, flashy kicks, and power moves. Regal comes out and does this kind of British hard, strong style, like slow grinding pace. So he's 
is so original and just like no one worked like this. Like Nigel McGuinness is the only guy that ever came close to the style that Regal managed to put through. And I think that's the thing you, you said there. The only person to ever come close. No one has ever been on that level or no. above that level. No one works like this. Yeah. Guys like Doug, Nigel, like you could say Finley have elements of this. Yeah. Dragon tries to take elements of it as well, as you said yeah. before. But oh, Dragon got pretty close yeah. to start. But like he doesn't have the size of Regal, so he can't do the big, strong, stiff yeah. stand there and forearm the fuck out of people, you know? Even just Regal's like, body stance. It's like a really strange fighting stance of how he's yeah. like slightly hunched over, looking uncomfortable in his own skin. It's like a case of he's going to knock your teeth out. But then when he sells, it's like he's been hit with a brick every yeah. time. He's like, Raw! He's brilliant because he has that Blackpool Panto-y kind of evil villain thing going on yeah. at the same time. Uh, he, th- this was one of the best signings they ever could have made because he can get any mid-carder over within seconds of just being a dickish heel, you know? And he's the reason I still think, again, that WrestleMania 17 was so good because ha- carrying that opening match of Jericho, Jericho's great in the ring anyway. Yeah, yeah. Get, get away my thought, personal thoughts of Aaron Hasby about Jericho. He's a fan- phenomenal worker. Yeah. But having Regal and Jericho basically set the pace going, right, that was a proper wrestling match. Go on, lads. Yeah. Off you go. Go and compete, you know. Yeah, yeah for sure. Gimmick battle roll, everyone. <laughs> it's it's just brilliant. So the finish kind of comes up. Let's go straight to the finish. We don't need to call this, do we? No. no so there's no. lots of like, um... oh, wow, where am I? Sorry. So Regal hits the ropes and Pac crotches himself on the top rope. X-Pac reverses and hits a suplex on the outside, which looks absolutely brutal. Yeah, ouchies. And you're like, dude, Regal, you've got all sorts of neck problems and stuff. Like, why are you doing this, man? Like, don't kill yourself for us. <laughs> like, but this was also a time that was still a bit of a struggle for him, wasn't it? Because when he was the the man's man character, this is when he was struggling with sort of his personal issues yeah, around this yeah. time before they went and made him get clean. He's, he's said it a few times. He's a full-on drug addict at this point. Yeah. Like, and you can see he's not all there. Yeah. There's there's times in the, when they're on the outside and Xbox doing spots and you can see Regal kind of like wide-eyed looking around and then realizes what's happening and like whoa hello i like to call that the oh shit did i leave the oven on face <laughs> yeah it really was but um, around this time this is like where bruce bridge on something to wrestle with was essentially saying they signed him they signed him and they were like oh i'm assuming he's fit to go right and they a lot of the times are like he's he can't work okay we're really that fucked up really out of shape really Damn. not into it i'm just I'm so happy he got himself clean because i mean think about what he's contributing now I think it was a real shame that they had this like big drugs bust and he was one of the wrestlers involved in it because he was about to start his feud with Triple H after the King of the Ring thing right. in like uh, early 2000s. And I think a Triple H Regal feud was something that would have been really nice to have. That yeah. villainous King Regal but and at the same Triple time, H. That, that, that bust might have saved his life. Oh, well, no, that's yeah. the thing, though. The, the problem was he was clean at that time. Oh. But because it was linked to what he'd had in the past, right? there was like, I think it was him, Kennedy... I don't remember this exact moment you're talking about, but I'm just, just yeah. going with it, but that's fine. So um, X-Pac hammers Regal on the outside on the floor. The ref calls for the bell and a double disqualification. And the commentators earlier in the night put over that if there is a double DQ or a double count out, the wrestler who would be meant to be wrestling in the next round would get a bye, yep. which happens to be... Oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin! Exactly. So ba, 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 Vince, ba, ba, backstage, ba. <laughs> Vince backstage sends Commissioner Slaughter. Oh, I missed this gimmick. That was fucking great. When he commissioned is back definitely oh yeah like corbin could have been so much better if he was like the commissioner commissioner character. corbin yeah that would have been funny 
Um, Constable is quite funny because you get to say cunt on TV all the time. <laughs> like, it's what it is. Uh, out to start the match over. And the winner will face Austin, obviously. They restart the match, but X-Park has some weed to go smoke, so he's off to the back. <laughs> it's awkward and a bit weird when Regal runs to the back as well and the match doesn't get restarted, but the bell's rung and it's just like, Vince is furious. And he goes, Austin gets a bye. <laughs> and that's it. It's always difficult when you're in the ring and you need a poo. Oh, Regal running to the back. Yeah. I need a pose. He's got the acid shits or whatever, you know. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah, weird one. But, like, Austin gets a bye the next round. So, yep. there we go. So, uh, Deadly Game Tournament first round match of Goldust versus the Intercontinental Champion. I forgot to say the word champion. Uh, Ken Shamrock. And I'm like, holy shit. Done enough Roy's, Mr. Shamrock. You look swollen as fuck when he comes out. Kid, need, kid needs maybe, like, a glass of water. <laughs> mate like he's he's scary bulked like his arms are like the wrong shape yeah. like like you know how scott steiner looks alien almost it's like someone's inflated his arms with water but yeah. they've gone into the wrong pockets etc and like yeah. this ufc guy you would have thought he doesn't need this he's so angry and so fucking over his like this well, that brutal mental snap at any moment thing ken shamrock could have been really good had he not been a lazy fuck yeah his promo works pretty decent yeah like he can scream a promo and like with the best of them like he's okay yeah but it was it was it was his backstage attitude apparently and his oh i've got a house show in a tacoma bridge yeah i've missed my plane i'll go and get the next one there's only one plane to tacoma bridge every week oh shamrock's definitely one of those guys that's taken way too many hits to the head over the years he's a he's even at this point, he, he talks and acts a bit punch drunk almost. One of the early followers of the Tax Williams on Twitter. The real what? Ken Shamrock. Oh, really? Yeah. Ken Shamrock follows you on Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, cool. Amazing. How did that happen? I have absolutely no idea because I looked at it one day and I was like, Why does Ken Shamrock follow me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was like 2017. Holy fuck. Wow. Amazing. He's probably just fishing for like compliments or whatever. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so um My wonder his DMs are open. Maybe I'm getting to record a Ford for the Mate, pod. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Ken Shamrock, I love Ken Shamrock. So um it, you can tell he's heel Shamrock because he's staring down fans at ringside yeah. and like face Shamrock obviously didn't do this. Uh and then Goldust makes his entrance and the sixteen by nine frame and yeah. the, the productions and Oh, it's so good, man. It's I love this Goldust gimmick. It's what a shame how it's cut off at the knees at one point because it was too controversial or whatever. I would have loved them to keep pushing this gimmick. Well, that's what the the, the cutoff, because obviously they had the issues of Ahmed Johnson when Goldust gave Ahmed Johnson mouth-to-mouth and oh, it wasn't okay. planned and Ahmed Johnson lost his shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there was supposed to be a thing that it was going to be a, a big-time gay angle and then they then switched it to be Marlena to be the love interest. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's like, oh, well, it could have been progressive. But again... Yeah. One of my favourite mem- memories of Roddy Piper and the rip-off of the OJ Simpson chase when they had their Hollywood brawl. Oh, yeah. That's a great match. Oh. That's a really good walk and brawl yeah. sort of match, though, but it works really well. Yeah. Um, so this this is a bit weird. It seems to be heel versus heel in this match. Yeah. Like Goldust is not a face. Nope. But is is not as heelish as he was. And it's this kind is of a bit, pre, just pre-corporation Shamrock as well. Yeah, so you can see that him and Bossman, everyone, they're all being set up to be these corporate backup guys, like the yeah. henchmen. And it, it works, but Goldust is kind of um, at a whim here. Doesn't really have much to wrestle off of, you know? No, I think a lot of the this character, as you said, this this is the stage where they're about to start turning, turning it down a bit. Yeah. And then he starts coming out in like the multicoloured... 
clothing after this with well, Luna yeah. and does the whole Mero Sable feud as well and it's, yeah. it's, 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 I remember it vividly and it leads into Wrestlemania 15 isn't it yeah or was it Wrestlemania 14 no it's 15 because Austin's already got the belt at this stage because he's still Goldust is still gold gold dust at this stage either way it doesn't matter yeah, yeah it's cool um, so Goldust go, uh, th- th- this match does its job like it's, it's placed on the card it's not too flashy it's okay Shamrock goes over you know and like, it had to be something simple after the, the dubious finish of the last match yeah of well. course yeah for sure so um, Goldust goes for Shattered Dreams in the corner Kenny pulls the ref in the way Shamrock dives off the ropes and hits a flying scuffed Rana like it's pretty impressive yeah. it's a bit for shit. a UFC guy yeah for sure uh, belly to belly ankle lock tappity tap tap uh, and Ken Shamrock advances one of the first matches or one of the only few matches of this entire show that goes over five minutes oh okay nice i saw that the main events like definitely extended compared to the rest of the matches but all these are very very short and flying through them i don't hate it it works as a tournament match for me they're not like one minute wcw short russo matches they're like three four minute matches it's like like, it's okay it's like short story yeah for sure i've got a beginning middle end and i'm fine with that it's like if the match is short and then you've got a progression for it yeah or a purpose for it for later in the night. And when it needs to end quickly, there's always a purpose. There's always an interference, uh, a moment, uh, whatever. Sure, surprise roll up, something like that. Yeah, for sure. Like it's, if this was always, if wrestling was always like this, it'd be really annoying. But for this one night on this tournament, when everyone's yeah. grasping for that one big gold belt, like it's really cool. Like yeah, it's really it cleverly done. And and it, it gets over the the importance and the need to work quick because you've got to wrestle three four matches on the yeah. card. Like uh, Jr. and King always talk about how he, every match has got a ten minute time limit, and that's why yeah. they're working so fast and why they're jump starting and everything. Thing. and so you know it all kind of comes together it's okay uh michael cole and his tux uh backstage with austin's condition after the beatdown from the boss man so they're just putting this over but he doesn't even get into the locker room it's just michael cole backstage i'm outside this locker room yeah just filling basically hang on that's not even a locker room what <laughs> it didn't look like a locker room but there's times when like the studios in austin and rock are backstage like at different moments and i swear they're just in a corridor with a door that happens to lead to another corridor there's like fuck it this will yeah. do but anyway so um another first round match of um the rock versus it was meant to be triple h and I vividly remember this being like, oh, Triple H is coming back. Like, after this big injury, it's going to be fucking great. Because I was a big yeah. mark for Triple H at this time. But he is not here. <laughs> so, um, I just gave it away, didn't I? Anyway, so, um, blah, 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 blah. So, when the music hits, I popped so hard as a kid. I remember this. Like, you hear that boom, boom. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, fucking great. I am ready. And then Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe come <laughs> out crotch chopping in their suits. They're like, oh, fuck, as a kid, I remember being so disappointed. And it worked then, it worked. Yeah, exactly. But like the right kind of heel yeah. Like, yeah, this this was devastating for me as a kid. They, well, Patterson and Briscoe, I don't think get enough credit for how good and useful they were in the Attitude Era. Hilarious. Playing up their tendencies so like you know Joe Briscoe becomes extra sudden redneck so, <laughs> Mr. McMahon <laughs> yeah. Vince wants to see you yeah Mr. McMahon <laughs> yeah yeah, it's really good man so uh, JR confirms the whole Triple H thing when he talks about him recovering from knee surgery on commentary so he's not back yet um, they're gonna find Triple H when he comes back is the thing that Briscoe yeah. says in the ring it's really funny and so Boss Man comes out I, this is the point as a kid where I was convinced they were gonna screw the rock and that this wouldn't be 
years opportunity because he was so over yeah. as a face at this point and the boss man was going to be the guy that bam, was, bam, yeah, bam, exactly bam, bam. oh that music's so bam, 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 bam. oh yes fucking brilliant but boss man gets in the ring rock inside cradle one two three we're out of here <laughs> work fast boys work fast brilliant man so advancing to the next round is the rock uh 12 year old rich pop like absolute crazy at this point like yeah as a jr puts over four second pin fastest match in history nice yeah pretty cool in your face, Bob Backlund and Diesel. They had spots in that match, though, didn't they? No, he just kicked him power bomb, won the belt. Yeah, that was like five, six seconds. That's a spot. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a roll-up's a spot. Whatever. Uh, so on to the quarterfinals. These are the champions. Da, 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 da. We've got the Deadly Game Tournament second round match of Kane versus The Undertaker. Quarterfinal match. Indeed, sir. Uh, with Paul Bearer. Um, the fucking remix of Taker's music is super cool. Yeah. I really love it. And this was the beginning of the Ministry as well, so, mm. which is still one of my favourite factions. I did love that time. I enjoyed period, the Ministry. Sure. Uh, so Taker has this badass kind of ornate cloak ring jacket thing. Like, why doesn't he have this now? It looks so cool. Because he's going to be too busy teaming and turning on Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> that that was. I really enjoyed that. Actually, I watched that. I watched Raw for once. It was really really good. Um, so like, he's got all this ornate leather kind of like biker shit all over the top of the cloak. Like, oh, it's just glorious, man. And and really the and cool. the eyebrow piercing as well. Yeah, for sure. The big oh. pokey silver yep. one. I didn't get it because of that. <laughs> I forget I have it. I, I honestly forget I have an eyebrow piercing constantly. People go to me, Oh, did that hurt? Like at a wedding. So I'm like, What? My face. <laughs> like I have to like be Oh, you mean the bit of metal in my face. Can't have one then. Contract. Uh, really? <laughs> no. Okay. I mean yeah, I I I couldn't have one at work. Can you not? No. Oh god no. Oh that's lame. The lad who has nail varnish on gets Oh, he's got nail varnish on. I was like, yeah, it's 2019. <laughs> Fair enough. I've, I've been wearing gold pants and orange fur boots. Me, uh, Chuck Dell used to wear fucking nail varnish on his toes. Yeah. Scariest man in the world at one point. Yeah, don't don't let the Iceman see you say that. <laughs> so Kane's music hits and Kane in... Uh, but just used to terrify me as a kid. Like He's amazing here. But this match is basically, it's a mirror match. They both do the same spots, the same selling, the Works. not selling. I liked it. Yeah, I it's great. It. Yeah, yeah. I love how much Glenn adopted what Triple A, what what Taker was doing. Yeah, and he does it to perfection over and over again, uh, but safely. Are you trying to say that when Gallows was fake imposter Kane, that he couldn't do this with the shit wig? Wasn't quite the same. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, both go for the tombstone. Kane eventually gets it. Uh, Goldberg didn't. <laughs> did I put? Do I mean choke slam here? No, he went for the tombstone. Does it was it tombstone? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so Kane signals for the finish. Paul Bearer up on the apron for the distraction. As Kane turns around, Taker picks him up tombstones the fuck out of him Paul Bearer grabs the foot of his own son to make sure he doesn't kick out for the one two three and advancing into the semi-finals is the undertaker yep right decision for the tournament um obviously gone are the gone are the um characteristics of face undertaker I don't want to fight my brother ah fucking will for the belt yeah for sure at this point he's just like he's becoming full heel taker yeah and ministries around the corner and Big Daddy V and Midian and everyone else is going to come along for the ride. And the Acolytes with the hieroglyphics on their chest. Yeah, cheese, Jim Cornette. <laughs> uh, do you uh, listen to Bischoff's podcast, 83 Weeks? Uh, I infrequently. My, my favourite thing ever they talk about on that, which is like a running joke now, is that when Hogan was the third man for the NWO, there was a rumour that Dave Meltzer posted that um, Mabel 
was going to be the third <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, I've heard this. So that's the thing that Bishop always comes oh. back to. He's like, that's almost as fucked up as Mabel being the third man. I'm like, I love the idea of the NWO doing that thing and fucking Mabel walks out <laughs> in the purple bin bag. <laughs> it's, <just> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. The regal purple bin bag. It's <laughs> ah, fucking great, man. King Mabel was such an underrated character when they brought him out with like the 17 people carrying him out on the throne. He almost killed pro wrestling and killed those dudes who were carrying him. <laughs> I'm like, fucking hell. You can see the wobbling as they've got the throne on their shoulders. Good thing when he was Big Daddy V and then he he was becoming like the, um, what do they call him when he was the the, uh, the sexualized man in like the smoking jacket at the end? Oh, I don't remember. But they, um, good I remember thi- the gimmick. But yeah. He did like a, a front flip leg drop off the top rope. Yeah. I was like, oh, well done. He also injured a couple of people with that. But like, you know, rest in peace, buddy. So uh, Foley's music is already playing before Kane's even left the entranceway. We're rushing seriously yeah. now to get to the last few matches. This match overran. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, second round match, quarterfinal match, Al Snow versus Mankind. Mates. What does everybody want? Not another Al Snow match. <laughs> <laughs> but then would you like to see Jeff Jarrett versus Mankind? Probably would have been better than this. I think we've come to a conclusion that I don't recall ever seeing... Oh, sorry, other than the Kennel and Hell match, I've ever seen a good Al Snow match. Oh, and when him and Bob Holly threw each other into the river. That was funny, yeah. But I that's guess. about it from Al Snow. Yeah, uh, one of my least liked guys ever. Has all the ability in the world, none of the understanding, and talks shit about the way other people pro-wrestle. Like, he, he has one way of doing pro-wrestling. He's like, this is how it has to be done. And that infuriates me, because it's, yeah. it's a performance art. He's, he's a really poor attempted version of being Lance Storm when it comes to his training fucking A man fucking A so um, Al attacks Mick straight away uh, Foley is re- still resting in a tuxedo he's fucking great and in slippers yeah, as well he's hardcore <laughs> he's so fucking hardcore uh, Vince and the Stooges Mr. Socko around the head so Vince is basically taking Mr. Socko put it around the head Al Snow doesn't seem to have realised that that's on the head so Al goes for the headshot on Mick uh, Mick misses I think or ducks down the head rolls to the floor. Mick turns around and goes, oh, it's Socko. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Funny little moment. I remember this vividly as Socko's a kid. attacking head. Because the, the whole timing of it was done perfectly. Yeah. Like Mick's reaction oh. is hilarious. He's really, really good here. So uh, Mick goes to town on the head. It's really funny. He beats it up and like punches it in the face, head, whatever. Uh, retrieves Mr. Socko, double arm DDT. Mr. Socko, mandible claw. Al Snow goes out uh, as he starts smiling. It's like Mick pulls it out. And you're like, it's Sal, motherfucker. You're meant to be dead. You know, like, I know he's trying to do his gimmick. Like he's this crazy man. He's smiling and whatever, but no. It doesn't fucking work. It's terrible. Um, winner and progressing into the semifinals versus Stone Cold Steve Austin is Mankind. Thank fuck it wasn't Foley. Al Snow. Al Snow Austin in the semis. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. Uh, so let's find out who will face The Undertaker in the other semifinal. Uh, our last quarter round match of Ken Shamrock versus The Rock. These two work really well together for me. Yeah, really good mix. Probably one of Shamrock's best opponents. Yeah, like Shamrock doesn't always work with everyone. Rock doesn't necessarily always work with everyone. No, but, but this them was two good. together, they're fucking great. Rock is the face, Shamrock is the heel. Just yeah, there's lots of history with the Intercontinental Belt and that feud they had as well. Yep, good dynamic. So, yeah, these guys are easy to work together. I think at this point yeah. as well. Um, so um, 
Ken seems to have had a shower since his last match because he comes out dripping with wet. I think it must have been fucking boiling in there because they, they seem to be going back and having cold showers and such. I always like the uh, the comment from uh, Punk's podcast when they were like, I've got loads, loads of questions and the main question I got asked is, why is the shield always so wet? <laughs> <laughs> They're just like permanently covered by rain clouds <laughs> just following them around everywhere. Uh, so there's lots of you talk too much in this, like calling very, very loud spots. Huge spot calling. <laughs> yeah, it's very obvious. Arm drag! Yeah. <laughs> the match is fun. Uh, but here comes Boss Man. Long chin lock spot while Boss Man prowls around the outside of the ring looking kind of mysterious or whatever. Uh, float over DDT by The Rock. Rock teases Boss Man. Uh, mocks boss man he kind of goes <laughs> big fat belly uh who in turn distracts the ref rock then low blows shamrock people's elbow one two shamrock kicks out it's a very big surprise to me you know it's the most let's try and move in sports entertainment this is not not, a not at this, at this stage, though no yeah, it became his big finish but yeah yeah it's always the rock bomb and i like let's, let's be honest an elbow is a bit of a silly finish yeah but it got over so it's a leg drop and defined a whole generation you know? brother yeah for sure in fairness no one's ever finished with a leg drop since Fandango did it off the top rope true and if you really put it out there the whole thing Okada does a clothesline as a finish yeah this is the best clothesline ever and it's the finish I always thought I would use if I was a professional wrestler fuck you Okada stealing my shit he's a big listener of the pod he'll be really happy he's only the best wrestler in the world right now but anyway what was that Seth Rollins isn't it <laughs> certainly isn't Osprey. him and his fucking two three star matches <laughs> hey there was a tug of war on Raw you watched it I did it was actually alright best wrestling on the planet it was actually genuinely good because they started brawling and feuding afterwards and stuff yeah. like, I was fine with it like I'm okay with silly shit as long as it leads to something Hey. No, that's fine. Anyway, so Shamrock counters a rock bottom with a belly to belly, and I genuinely, as a kid, was like, oh, no. Here we go. Again, again, the teasing me, doing a really good job of it. Boss man up on the apron. And this is where you start to be like, oh, here's the story. So boss man goes to throw the nightstick to Shamrock. Rock, one-handed, at a stretch, picks it out the fucking air. And I remember what we were saying about black ropes, now they're hard to yeah. see black nightstick a tiny little thin thing a rock is the best man <laughs> he grabs it out of midair smack shamrock with it uh let me just check the finish so i'll just get it right uh that is it isn't it so yep. rock nails kenny with the nightstick for the one two three and winner advancing to the un- to face the undertaker in the semi-finals is the rock um how did the ref miss this because he was distracted by boss man yeah but still <laughs> oh, hi whoosh <laughs> the bit that got me right is that when rock's done the, the shot to ken shamrock he then goes to throw the nightstick back out the ring and he throws it past the referee <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah oh that was silly but knowing what we know about how this all ends this storytelling with boss man coming and accidentally giving rock victories yeah it's fucking really clever great. really I, clever why haven't we seen anything like this in a long time Hmm. Because is... Will, Os- Will Ospreay's not booking it. Well, exactly. But this is this is. But you know he's poor, so <laughs> he's fucking not. Uh, he's just moved to Japan for fuck's sake, you know. Yeah, can't afford a Nando's though. But well, true. <laughs> there you go. There's his future. He's going to be the first Japanese franchisee of Nando's. That's going to be his legacy. He's not Japanese. No, no, he's not Japanese. He's gone oh, to Japan. Okay, he can okay, open okay, Nando's okay. in Japan, okay, and then a card could be the first black card holder. But like this, it's this new Ribera. <laughs> 
with this storytelling. It's logical. And you've got the story throughout the show without being overly obvious what's happening. Yeah. Like, it's the kind of thing that, as a kid, I was just sitting there going, oh, this is amazing. Rock is the best. He intercepted that nightstick and got the win. And, like, he's the Rock is a heel the whole way through this show. Yeah. He used the nightstick to win. He comes out snarling and looking at fans and going, <laughs> like, but he's just so fucking over. <laughs> oh, it's just, he's just so charismatic. It's terrifying how good he is without doing anything. You, you mentioned, obviously, the belly to belly. At that time, when I was watching, when I was younger, I thought, well, obviously, they're going to give it to Austin, aren't they? Because yeah. Rock's going out. We all did. That's the thing, that's the purpose, yeah. you know, because Rock's meant to be this new upcoming face and Austin's, and Mr. McMahon's like, definitely not. But, so, the semi-finals of this tournament are Taker and versus Rock, and then Mankind versus Austin. But first, <laughs> we get a Paul Bearer backstage interview with Michael Cole. It's terrible, it's pretty to the point, blah, blah, blah. It puts over the Undertaker. But we have a WWF World Women's Title match. Of- Go on. No, I was going to say, thank God for the Women's Evolution. Started right here at Survivor Series with two, two of the best in the game. You can take your Charlotte Flairs. <laughs> You can take your Bolicanos. I'd say, complete this quote, please. They can all kiss my ass. <laughs> Anyway, so we've got the champion of Jacqueline, who's really fucking good, with Mark Mero as his as the um, as a ballet, the ballet, hilarious, uh, versus Sable. Um, so you know when Sable's music hits, yeah, is that the female equivalent of Austin's glass smash? Uh, it's the noise of 10,000 young teenage boys jizzing in their pants. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I certainly did. <laughs> you know? Man, this is what my friends refer to as, uh, as university friends as on mute. <laughs> this, um, the Sable Playboy is the first adult magazine that I bought and there was some kid okay. at secondary school and I bought it for him often for five pounds underneath the back stairs of the, the, like, the atrium building. <laughs> Fuck yeah, boy, well played. And went and gave that magazine a fucking hammering. <laughs> I remember there was a kid at my school who was like 400 pounds whatever but was a wrestling fan and we used to get along with him even though he was a bit of a weird dude he's uh, a wrestling fan of course he is yeah, well extra extra weird you know what I mean um, but he bought the China Playboy and brought it into me it was like look what I've got and I was like great <laughs> like, this is not for me <laughs> thank yeah. you mate well fair place to it is. yeah for sure so um, let's carry on with the show so the ref <laughs> The referee, the referee in this match is the best wrestler in the world. Shane McMahon is the ref for this. He's the best in the world. Considering what happens later in this show, this is great because you're putting him over as a legitimate referee for the company. He does a great job here as well, let's be honest. Best referee, at least he spots things, unlike Mike Kyoda. (laughs) (laughs) Gormless look. I want this Shane McMahon back. Yeah, current shape of man is fucking terrible. Can you imagine they put the belt on current? If they put the belt on current shape of man, I may have to probably stop watching until Mania. If they do, it's it's their David Arquette moment. Yeah, it really will be. If they do that, they're going to lose viewership. I think so. Yeah, and it's times are not great right now. Well, the accounts say they're all right. Yeah, the arenas not so much though. Yeah, and anyone see that? Well, anyone not see the taped out part of stomping grounds? Yeah, for sure. Anyway, so um. They've got this horrific music dubbed over Jacqueline's music. And I was trying to remember what she would have come out to Mark Merrow's music, surely. I don't know if she was coming out to pre PMS music at this time. Uh, but as you said, yeah, the, the bad overdub for some kind of royalty they can't have. There's a joke about you jacking off to this, but yeah, I can't think of it because Super Quiz Cup. Super Quiz Cup 3 is coming up soon. Um, 
before we go into the finish of this match, I've been meaning to ask you something since the Super Quiz oh, Cup okay. 2. Here we go. Okay. Describe how you met a girl at a wrestling show and ended up back at a hotel with her. Oh, from Super Quiz Cup 1? <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> I've been literally meaning to ask you about this for years. Like, How does that happen? So uh, this was at the Sheffield Hallam yeah. um, when we went Monday Night Raw. So obviously I'm an idiot, but I'm wearing my as much WWE merch as I can f- find. Okay. And I found like a polo top with like the w- the scratch logo on it. Nice. So I was standing there at the back waiting for people to come out for autographs, but I was the only one there and there weren't many people. Oh, like at the back of the arena yeah. after the show. Okay. Because thinking there might be people coming out here, but there was no meet and greet. But I thought, I'll just stay and loiter around. Yeah. And then I essentially told her that obviously I was employee, <laughs> told all the secrets and storylines that were going to be happening. And uh, she was mildly inebriated. And I thought, sign the consent form. <laughs> <laughs> Always keep by the side of the bed. <laughs> okay let's keep over the rapey bit <laughs> <laughs> not rape <laughs> absolutely like amazing because like you told the story and it was your real story as yeah. part of your one two three r three three kid right yeah and like there, no one ever asked you about the details of it yeah. i was sitting there as a host going like someone ask about the details <laughs> yeah. please i want to know that's why on the second one i had to like encourage people to ask certain questions and shit cheers to the travel lodge outside the sheffield hallam <laughs> awesome that's great man i've been waiting to hear that story for like a year and a half now so no about a year best 16 pound 50 ever spent on ebay for that polo top oh fucking great man that's hilarious so uh back to this match with sable and jacqueline there's a sloppy as fuck tko by sable for the one two. there was in that hotel room that night as well <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really rapey <laughs> skip over that oh rapé. rapé it's fine it makes it continental so it's all right fuck now, this took a big, dark PC, un-PC turn recently in this pod. I mean, as you um, mentioned Quiz Cup, I thought it'd be one fan down. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mary drags Sable to the outside. Sable... Oh, sounds like the travel lodge outside the ship. Stop it, stop it, stop it. So, Sable low blows Mero, then Sable bomb on the outside to Mero. And you're like, dude, you've got a horrible history of neck problems. What the fuck are you doing taking power bombs on the floor? He left the seat up. <laughs> Sable's like you're fucking taking this Mark and he's like I don't want you Sable's like you fucking will <laughs> who earns more money now <laughs> I wish I never bought you the fucking contract signing fucking hell Mark Mero man what the hell is he doing with himself can you imagine had Mero not taken her to sign his contract yeah and Vince McMahon would have been like let's sign her yeah you're right Johnny be bad yeah yeah let's do something for her has she not turned up in case of Mark Mero WWE champion yeah it's crazy how over Sable is Oh, it's insane. Yeah. She's not like the prettiest woman in the world ever, but she's just typically that blonde girl next door thing that was really over in like the late 90s. Yeah. The, the Dawson's Creek style yeah, girl next door. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's just, she's the epitome of what like sexual representation would have been in this time, you know? Yeah. Because Sunny was a bit too, fuck me, she's hot. Yeah. Whereas I think people like Sable because they're a like case of, I could get her. Yeah. We're talking more in terms of just like gimmicks than just how they look as well, you know? Oh, yeah. Sable was super kind of like almost conservative at times. Yeah. But then we'll just be fucking I'm going to keep their butt, boy. Oh, look, I've got these hands painted over my nipples. Exactly. But then Sunny was just like pure fucking trash. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the best. But like, yeah. Anyway, so the the finish comes and Sable reverses a Jacqueline Tornado DDT and just power bombs the fuck out of her for the one, two, three. Uh, and new WWF Women's Champion Sable, and I still want a Sable Bomb t-shirt. If anyone ever finds one, 
please just buy it. As long as it's like large or extra large, I'll squeeze into it. Okay. <laughs> and it'll be fine. I will pay you good money for a Sable Bomb t-shirt. Like the original ones. I don't want some fucking reprint. I want the fucking WWF Sable Bomb t-shirt with the logos on it and all sorts. I'll pay good money for money for one of those. Uh, the match is trash, but like you know, it's, it's going to be quite co- funny. It's going to be covered in dried jizz. Oh, probably. <laughs> I know one professional wrestler that used to wrestle in one. It's uh, Dan Macabe, who's a Canadian guy. He's a fucking amazing wrestler. Uh, at some point, we need to add three, two, one battle to the list of promotions we need to look at. Okay. Uh, Seattle-based. Cool. So yeah, really, really good. Like they have like guys with like microphones talking throughout the matches and such, and like a really robust like punk rock sort of atmosphere. What I should have done with commentary maybe like <laughs> i don't know i don't think it would add much to like sbw shows i quite like how it, like, the environment there yeah but there's something about the, that club feeling about having live commentators especially ones that are like comedians okay i think that works you know i think it's a really unique thing and a whole bunch of progresses i really enjoy as well so that'd be really good anyway uh, we're running a bit long here so let's kind of skip through the next bit so we've got a semi-final match of mankind versus steve austin uh jr and king now strongly putting over that foley is the hand-picked choice of vince because um, they, they were doing it earlier but now they're really selling because yeah. they want to get these like, storylines over uh, the, the match is okay Austin's selling really really hard his ribs from the attack from boss man um, Vince in the wheelchair with the stooges come down Austin runs through his spots goes to the stunner Mick just kind of runs away at one point Austin's probably doing the most selling in months yeah because he knows so. he's not going over so he yeah. wants to look strong <laughs> oh my ribs exactly you Mick <laughs> Uh, let's uh, skip. There's a really fucking brilliant bit where Vince and Slaughter are across the ring from each other and they're doing, you know, the baseball signs. And like, I'd had to throw in out uh, when I touch my belt buckle, not once, not twice, but thrice. You know, there's gonna be a movie reference, I assume. That's Simpsons. It's oh, okay. <laughs> they, they did a movie once. It's all good. Uh, so, blah, blah. Chair somehow makes his way into the ring as double arm DDT gets two. Uh, then Vince. Um, wait, hang on. Wait. I don't know what I'm saying here. So, uh, basically, there's a stunner <laughs> for the one, two. Uh, Vince in to break it up. Shane is breaking it up. No, no, Vince. No, this was up, Vince to break it up at this yeah. point. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Vince, Vince and Slaughter then attack the ref. Okay, as Foley's trousers fall down, Brilliant. Austin goes for a stunner, but no, mandible claw locked in. You're like, oh, Austin kicks Mick in the balls as hard as he possibly fucking can. The poor bastard for the stunner. And here's Shane McMahon in his zebras to count the pinfall. One, two, oh. And Shane flips off Austin and you're like, oh, no, they screwed him. It was a work all along. Uh, as a kid, I remember being fucking so furious. <gasps> it's brilliant. Well played. They, they've spent so many months building to this. Oh, who would have thought that long-term booking makes things entertaining to watch? Yeah. Hi, Gado. It's nothing about the quality of how it's done. It's nothing about the dumbness or the silliness of it. It's about that you committed to this fully weeks in advance and everyone's on board. And the good thing is, I, I've always said with there's nothing wrong with predictability, but at this time, the longevity of the storyline, as we see, as we go throughout, and you know, as you point out, we're like boss man throwing the nightstick. Yeah. There are so many little things that are put in there to be clever, yeah. but not enough to make you suddenly go, I know what's going to happen now. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, Shane's selling of this. Yeah. It's fucking genius. When he finally flips him off, he's like, ha <laughs> ha. 
<laughs> then Austin gets up and he's like, oh no, oh shit, what did I do? <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, man. So uh, Briscoe and Slaw in to deliver a pretty chair, sh- a pretty sloppy chair shot to Austin. Foley covers Austin for the one, two, three. Fucking Steve Austin losing in 1998. It takes a lot to do it, but yeah. he took a pinfall at least. Only six people involved. It's more than you can say of Hogan. <laughs> so the winner progressing to the finals of this tournament for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship is Mankind. Uh, the man's boss man and the studios kind of skip away gaily as well, Jay offers it. I, I love it they're skipping away gaily, but this is part, one of my favourite parts of the show where basically they'll be like, oh shit, Austin's up. Austin's up. Oh, all of them at the same time to the back. It's bit, absolutely bit, great. And Vince McMahon's like running, going, "Come on, come <laughs> on, come on!" And like Boss Man, the only athlete out of them, having to then slow his pace <laughs> to let people keep catching up with him. It's fucking great. But like they're in this huddle, kind of like running away with like Shane in the, in the middle of them, and it's like we've embraced it. You did the job, kid. Well done. You I'm know? proud of you. I'm proud of you. It's brilliant, man. So funny. So Austin's in pursuit, but they get in the limo and they're all out of here. Then <laughs> the fucking great moment of Austin dragging a lad out of his car, GTA style, just literally opens the door, is like fuck you, and commissions the car as uh, yeah. JR puts on commentary because he's a face. He doesn't steal automobiles. No, only Eddie Guerrero does that. <laughs> He lies and cheats too. Uh, so JR and Kill on camera putting over the storyline. Really, really good stuff. And the last of our semi-final match to see who will go against Mankind in the final is The Rock versus The Undertaker. Um, so immediately, big close-up of girl in the front row that has a sign that says, The Rock, lay the smack on me. Mm, tasty heroin. <laughs> That's not what she meant, was it? <sighs> Who knows? These young kids, <laughs> they're modern terms and they're crack cocaine. <laughs> it's, well, it is not yay. So, and they're spliff puffs. <laughs> spliff puffs. They've done that, the marijuana. <laughs> that's what the honey monster, when he was doing the sugar puffs, like, got fired and went and did the spliff puffs instead for a more adult crowd. <laughs> honey monster. <laughs> so there's uh, almost immediately walk and brawl in this match, uh, as there was with a lot of these short tournament matches, but... This one's a little excessive, yeah. I found. Yeah, Too much. Yeah, a bit too much, but it is what it is. Uh, so The Rock does the whole tied up between the second and third rope spot that I absolutely detest. Oh, I've managed to tie myself up in the ropes. If I use my body weight, I can get out. But I'm pretty comfy here. Yeah, and let's kind of take a punch him in the face a little bit and just then gets out of it and it's not really yeah. utilised in any way, shape or form. Oh, it's look, you've strange. managed to get yourself out and now you're on the floor. Why yep. did you do that before you got punched? Yeah, it's, it's odd, isn't it? So uh, Boss Man strolls down to ringside casually and you're like, oh, again, he's going to try it. He's going to get him this time. He's definitely going to screw the rock over. But uh, so Rocky mocks Boss Man, calling him a fatty again. Uh, ref is distracted by Boss Man. So Rock low blows Taker. And like, mm, deja vu a little bit mm. from the last match. I mean, creative was good, but I couldn't work a different finish. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to work out. There's like 15 matches. And it's Russo. Nut shot. Yeah, of course. So people's elbow. Boss Man uh, clips Rocky's foot to stop him. And considering what we know is going to happen... Why did he do this? Red herring. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta plant it. I remember thinking it was a weird one. And very fortunately, Kane comes out, gives Rock a super gentle choke slam. Ding, ding, ding. The ref disqualifies The Undertaker. And our winner progressing to the final versus Mankind is The Rock. Um, Taker and Kane then brawl through the crowd afterwards. And it does its job. Yep. And again, we're prolonging and advancing other storylines. Yeah. Well done. Layering. This is the only bit that I was a bit like, uh, 
I'm not sure this works towards the actual, you know. Undertaker wouldn't want to be pinned in a semi-final. Same thing as Austin wouldn't have six people do him over. Uh, Got to keep okay. the Undertaker strong. But why would Bossman grab Rock's leg? The red herring. Because at this stage, if people are like, he's low blowed to me. And like you said, it's the same finish. Yeah. Is Bossman helping him? Oh, hang on. No, he's not. Because he's actually touched the rock now. But it's very convenient that Kane then comes out to sort it all out. Yeah. Just, well, hope. Hit hope spot. Yeah, was there any other follow-up with this? Like, I don't think you know, so. Vince sent Kane down or something. No, I don't think so. I don't I, think so. Yeah, he did join up. the he did join the corporation at some point, didn't he? Uh, briefly, I think it was. He, he then just immediately turned, didn't he? The corporate Kane. Yeah, I think it was like a week or something. Yeah. But well, it doesn't matter. So, um, mankind backstage interview with Michael Cole and his tuxedo. Uh, if you smell what the sock is cooking, and then Michael Cole does a meme face towards the camera. He's like. Ugh. You're like, no, Michael Cole, just stand there, hold you're, the microphone, do your fucking job. You're a war correspondent, man. <laughs> Where's your coal mine? Uh, it's, it's so cheesy. Mick Foley doesn't need Michael Cole to make faces. No, at all. The Rock needed coach, but Mick Foley did not need Michael Cole. What? No one needs coach. What are you talking about? Because of all the dick things he did to coach were hilarious. Oh, actually, yeah, that was quite funny. Yeah. That's probably the best thing coach ever did. Yeah. I couldn't blame my nose, excuse me. Outside, one of the other things, you know, on the subject of backstage <laughs> interviews, so obviously, you know, coach was important. One of the other things that got the rock over was his little thing with uh, Lillian Garcia. First of all, referring to her as Vivian. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, Jericho referred to her as Vivian. But then you want to, do you like Strudel? <laughs> Lots of pie talk, I remember. Yeah. And, and, and Lillian was like, I love Strudel. That's <laughs> <laughs> good times. So uh, we've got one more match before we get into our final. It's a WF World Tag Team three-way dance match of the New Age Outlaws of Billy Gunn and Road Dogg, who are the current champions, versus D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. Fuck yeah. Coming that- out to weird version of the Rocks music, not Nation yep. music. Interesting choice. Uh, versus the headbangers of Mosh and Thrasher. Oh, the headbangers. They were great. I, I quite like them. Yeah. Yeah, got some interesting spots. I love the whole Marilyn Manson goth working. Proper tag team, tag team moves. Yeah. Yeah. So the unique thing about this match, and unique is an interesting choice of words that JR used as well, um, is that this is a proper three-way dance, but with tag teams. So there's constantly three people in the match wrestling and three people on the outside. And it's the bigger clusterfuck of a match I think I've ever seen. I'm um, this. This is fucking awful. <laughs> Who forgot the finish? Because there's like a five minute thing where there's there's the constant going out for the pinfall. The ref's like, "Am I counting the pinfall here?" And everyone's like, "No, no, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> yeah, As the guy kicks out, let's go for the save. <laughs> it's like those lucha matches where someone forgets one spot, and then everyone just loses track of everything else that's yeah. meant to happen. No, it was it was dog shit. I think the vast majority of people in this match were doing some sort of drugs. Yeah. Uh, it Mark, doesn't help things. Mark Henry was too busy thinking that he was about to be the parent of a hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming up, isn't it? Fucking hell. Um, this is awful. I don't so, think there's really much more to cover on this. It's I'll, awful. I'll call the finish a little bit. So uh, there's a fucking mess of people in the ring. Billy Gunn hits a pile driver on Mosh for the one, two, three. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. There's still people standing in the ring when he hits the finish. It's not even in the center of the ring. It's off to the side somewhere. And still. It, it's really weird. It's just to have another match. Just to break it up before the main event. Give the rock a break. Yeah. Never do three-way dance tag matches. They don't fucking work. No. Unless you're like, you know, the Young Bucks, the Lucha Bros and stuff and can just constantly high spots anyway. Where it's like, you know, fucking dross. It's terrible, isn't it? It's just the worst. Why why do they have shit version of LOD on the pre-show? Yeah. Instead of in this. Yeah, yeah. Well, Draws wasn't great. That's what's a shit version of LOD. Yeah, exactly. 
or the new Legion of Doom 2000. Well, they didn't call them LID 2000. They said, oh, it's uh, the new Legion of Doom. Hang on, that's not what your little ribbon said. It's weird, isn't it? Anyway. So um, Billy Garland then moons the hard cam afterwards, and you're like, yeah, you're fucked up at this point. Why are you just doing whatever you wanted? No one gave a yeah. fuck. <laughs> We're in a war. Yeah, for sure. So our main event of the evening, the finals of the Deadly Game Tournament for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. And if you've been there, your 18th or 19th match of the, the evening. It's a lot. It didn't feel like a lot, though. No, it, it flowed quite well for a three-hour show plus a 40-minute yeah. heat. This pay-per-view comes in at under three hours as well. Yeah, it's like two, 2.45-ish. Yeah. Something like that. They probably cut quite a lot because there's probably some fucked up shit that happens. I mean, they, they do the pixelated thing every time Austin does the fingers. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's a couple of times when people swear when they're in the ring. I don't think there was much that was missed, though. I don't uh, think there were any backstage segments that were missed. The tag match, when the guys make their entrance, the last tag team slide in the ring, and then suddenly Billy Gunn's got D'Lo Brown. There's no... They didn't get from A to B. Oh, they I didn't mean? listen to Al Snow. <laughs> there was definitely a good chunk cut from that, at least. So I think I think there's bits cut okay. from this. But whatever, it's all good. So, uh, yeah, we've got Mankind versus The Rock for the WF World Heavyweight Championship. Perfect 1998 absolutely yep. adore it so again the match is it's it's pretty average yeah it's all about the story really um so cut backstage and vince shane and boss man are all back okay it's yeah. like they went for a little john to get they rid of the drive through <laughs> got, got a coffee came back you know uh so jr putting over the rock uh probably doesn't understand that the man's are back yet on like telling the story thinking oh they're gonna kind of come out and screw him like they've been trying to do all night but he's been managed to get around it Really clever. Really, really good storytelling. Uh, Much slower start to this match. This is more traditional. This main event title match, slow build. Yeah. Because they have time. Yeah, for sure. It's really, really good they gave them some time here. Yeah. Because they need it to get this story across, you know? So, um... All night people were jump-starting matches. Not this one. Uh, I don't know why I read that. We just talked about it. Anyway, so Vince and Shane stroll down to ringside. Casual, smiling. They've screwed Austin. They're happy. They're so chuffed for themselves. Uh, and, we, and this is where the moment where I was like, oh, Survivor Series. This is a year since Sean and Brett and yep. the Montreal Screwjob. And it's crazy to think that they put all their ticket onto Sean. And then... He does WrestleMania 14, and we don't hear from him for fucking ages yeah. because of the injury and everything. It's like, when you reflect back on it, it is kind of crazy yeah. how it all works out. Here's all of our stock. Oh, shit. If they didn't have The Rock and Austin, this this would have been the end. Mm. Think about how strong WWE I mean, yeah, were. I mean, like you, you mentioned the merch figures, 150k for one yeah. night. But it's Rock and Austin yeah. that are selling it. And yeah, DX, that's, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible stuff. Anyway, so it's kind of important to mention the whole Sean Brett thing because I mean, mm. I mean, I'm everyone who watching this podcast or listening to this podcast knows about the Montreal Screwjob, right? Yeah. I wonder if there is one person out there that doesn't know what we're talking about. Well, you will be surprised that an unnamed member of uh, a roster I'm part of, I went, and obviously you could do something like, you know, Sean and Brett, you know, the Screwjob. The what? Okay, there's three candidates. Which one? Uh, I'm not going to name it, but I guarantee you it's one of the three that... I've muted the stream. Which one? <laughs> it's muted. I promise you it's muted. My favourite. Which one? It's muted. To tell me. <laughs> really? Okay, that guy. <laughs> but the shield are good. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. <laughs> Astonishing. Really? Yeah. 
He, he How st- can you be a professional wrestler and not look into any of the history of it? He started watching when the Shield came in. So, uh, fucking kids. <laughs> so, not one. You screwed Brett Chan all night at Earl Hebner. You noticed this? Maybe it was edited out. <laughs> Maybe it was. I was thinking this. Yeah, it's really interesting because I was reffing this match. There's not one mention Well, no, he Brett didn't because Brett screwed Brett. Yeah, of course he did. So lots of walk and brawl to the outside. Uh, since when with this match, no DQ. Because Rock clearly whacks the steps into Foley and then just clocks him with a chair over the head. Can he do that, Joey? They're standing in front of him, <laughs> yeah. for fuck's sake. So Foley casually uh, drops a cactus elbow from the hardest part of the ring to the floor to no avail because they had no build to it. He's just a madman. He'll do these high spots like it's fucking nothing. Get your shit in. Like, you see the way he walks nowadays, and you're like, this is why. Yeah. Landing on your hip like that over and over and over every night. Like, fucking hell, man. But on the plus point, look at the size of his bank account. Ah, for sure, yeah. (laughs) So, Mick, I was thinking about this the other day, right? I feel like I owe Mick Foley a lot. He's basically responsible for a vast majority of my wrestling fandom. Yeah. Like, I feel like, you know, if, like, I don't know, I saw one of his kids in trouble, I would sacrifice myself for them to repay him somehow. I think Noel Foley's also doing all right, and Dewey's on the creative team, so he definitely, yeah. I just let him go. They're all doing pretty good now, it seems. So, no, yeah. just let Dewey go if he's on the creative team. What do you mean? Well, just get, let him get hit by a bus. One less person on creative, maybe oh, we'll be all right. Oh, okay, yeah. Maybe he's, like, the one shining light that's doing good shit. <laughs> him and Dana Warrior. It's all good shit. <laughs> so, um, I really wish it was the Attitude Era so we could have Bray Wyatt's Vince McMahon doll say, oh, that's good shit. <laughs> Did you see it the other day? I, I haven't seen it. I've, I've seen the little Easter eggs in Raw when the, the couple of characters have been, like, just peeking out. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, that's yeah. very nice. And they were on SmackDown last night as well, apparently. Cool. Which seems like it's going somewhere. It needs to. Like, now... It's been a while. It's starting to lose the heat a little bit. Yeah, but the problem is as soon as he wrestles, they'll fuck it. It depends. I just put him in NXT. Oh. Just put him in NXT. Prospect. They're never going to do it because they won't. Know. Yeah. But put him in NXT and who, let him do who, it. Who can you feud him with? What, in NXT? Or no, in just, the main just roster? On the main roster. I just needs to eat someone straight away. So like, make him run through someone like Sami Zayn straight away, which would be a shame, but Zayn would be able to recover. Yeah. Or just have him kill Dolph Ziggler and then he can retire and never come back that's what I was going to say but like you know he's a main eventer right now this if I just fill up my hand Sorry. yeah yeah he's a, a main eventer god that match is terrible I am going to tell you tell you on Sunday Sunday about my match match shouting repeating repeating three times get it over prick kicks names takes masks so <laughs> Darren Young's not there anymore it's the best quote ever. I'm waiting for someone to fuck it up live. Be like, we're going to kick some knees and take some ass. <laughs> it's going to be fucking great. Even better than Bailey. <laughs> oh my God. Just anyone. I want just one person. It's going to fuck it up eventually because it's so easy to do, you know. Anyway, so uh, Mick and Rock. Uh, Foley goes, whoa, hang on. What's going on with my thing? Uh, so um, I'm completely lost where I was. Fuck's sake. Sorry, mate. Give me one second. It's all right. But uh, why, why you find your notes? Okay, I got it. Oh, sorry. Go on then. So Mick then casually goes for an elbow from the second turnbuckle through the Spanish announce table, completely missing Rock, who was there. Smashing through the edge of the table. Plus hitting a monitor as well. Uh, My fucking hips hurt just watching him do this shit. Like, he's just the man. He's crazy. Like, yeah, well, you, you, again, you say that. Yeah, like you said, you owe him a, a lot for what he'd put his body through for yeah. professional wrestling. I watch that now and go, oh, you fucking idiot. Yeah, for what sure. What have you done? It's not just the high spots, it's the character and the development and everything yeah. it does. But 
as, as a 12 year old this is like whoa this guy's insane everything the ladder and the boiler and brawl yeah. also rings bells to me with Mick Foley but terrifyingly as well yeah. like really scared for his life at times yeah. you know dude can take a bomb like no one so uh, people's elbow lands for the rock gets two out of it Double arm DDT lands for mankind and Mr. Socko comes out. Mandible Claw is completely locked in. Mick looks desperate to win. His cell Selling on his is face. So good. He's like, like he's shoving this down the rock's throat, like just doing everything he can. I wonder if Mick Foley's like, if I accidentally part making pass out and he's got to tap out, I'm going to win the belt. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, he's, he hasn't been champion at this point no. either, has he? No. So uh, it's like it means the world to him. You can see it on his face. It's not just a kayfabe acting thing. Yeah, Mick he wants this genuinely. It's like a bit like, oh, I could just fuck him over and pin him. No one died. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Rock, uh, Rock starts to fade. They do the arm drop thing, but on the third one, Rock's like boom and keeps that arm Still in the air. Still fucking hate that. Yeah, me too. It's, it's nice that it's kind of faded out of modern yeah. professional wrestling. Cut cut to like another podcast. I'll probably like, I love it when they do that arm <laughs> drop thing. I'm so inconsistent with it. But, it, uh, it. It works in certain matches and styles. Yeah. Here, it doesn't even get a pop. <laughs> Imagine if they were like, oh, Ricochet and Osprey. One. <laughs> Oh, he's still so strong. Four fifties. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. Don't buy mansions, though, does it? So rock bottom. Bit of a delay while both guys sell on the floor because no one kicks out of the rock bottom yep. straight away. Obviously, for the one, two, and mankind kicks out. At that stage, you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Then Rock turns to Vincent Man, looks deadly serious, raises the people's eyebrow towards the hard camera. You're like. <laughs> perfection he looks directly at vince and something's happening and even as a kid i remember going what <laughs> oh, God, this was happening uh, so uh blah 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 blah, blah. so rock- monster would be like what <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> rock locks in a sharpshooter at a survivor series one year to the date after the montreal screw job my man calls for the bell and new world heavyweight champion for the first time i, I think, think this is first his first run, win yeah. yeah the rock and oh my god the heel turn with Vince and Shane jumping the ring and they all hug and stuff. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> as, as a 12 year old, this, this, this destroyed me. So good. I remember for weeks thinking about this and how much I hated it and how much like I trusted the rock. I the rock was going to be the guy, you know, and he fucked me over. Like, but think about what this sets up. I mean, on the, on the plus button, he's never going to leave. Oh, wait, <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> There's still a while before he fucks up, but this this moment, this is the catalyst. This is the uh, right. Let's if we're gonna fast and furious it because yeah. you know, he's in that. Press that nos button, and off they go. For me, there's two moments that define the Attitude Era: Austin beating Sean WrestleMania 14, and this heel turn. Because now we can do Austin Rock with Rock as a heel, Austin as a face. Yeah. This is the Attitude Era. This, yeah. this is Without these two guys, we can't do any of this. No, but I would also go back and I'd say that the Attitude Era started one year previous. The screw job started the Attitude oh, Era. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it's, it's but that's like the setup. It's not defining the, the feel and the attitude of what oh, it no. was. But, you know, the Brett screwed Brett, Vince McMahon then, that's it. The corporate character Austin yeah. and McMahon feuding. And as you said, yeah, they needed something because they can't keep going to beat up Vince McMahon for two years. But yeah. this was it poor vince <laughs> the, turn, the turning point the corporate champion uh, genuinely the match is a bit yeah 
But like the energy, the ending and the finish and the storytelling, the way everyone sells it, it's fucking perfect. But that's what you. This is the thing though about pro wrestling in the last year. You said the court, the match quality was dog shit. Yeah. In a lot of instances, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Well, that's the thing though. If you go back and you, you think about it, and everyone's going, and I don't disagree with Seth Rollins, and I've joked about it. They do have the best in ring stuff now in WWE they've ever had. Yeah. But they just can't tell stories. Yeah. Whereas in the Attitude Era, they probably had some of the worst in ring action. Maybe early two thousands is probably that that peak point of shitness for yeah, them. Yeah. But they still can't tell stories. Yeah. Attitude Era worked on like we enjoy story based wrestling. Yeah. Oh, you don't get me wrong. We like spot fest, but story based rest story based wrestling has us invested. And as you said, I agree with you. This is this was a turning point for the story. Yeah. For me, and we've talked about this before. Like I talked about it a little bit earlier in that. I like uh, uniqueness in professional wrestling. I like it when stuff is different, weird, creative, whatever it may be, you know. And it can be funny and dumb and not make any sense, like, realistically, and I am still absolutely love it. But it's all about how you execute what you're doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is just really, really fucking good. And they just nail it over and over and over and over again in this kind of time period. You know? Wait, Sonny wasn't there. <laughs> but there's times, like, when Vince is cutting promos during this show where it's 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 carny, it's on the fly, it's they're making shit up. Yeah. But it adds that edge of just, like, You've got the anxiety and realness to everything, you know? It feels like it could fall apart at any moment. Yeah. And it's just when it comes together fucking hell it's good good isn't wrestling good when wrestling's <laughs> fucking good <laughs> for sure man so let's just talk about the end of this show and we can uh, go on about a few bits so uh blah 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 blah. sorry i put my notes down because i'm an idiot so rock is locked in the sharpshire the vince and shane and everyone jump in the ring the one two three uh, and, 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 and blah, blah, instantly into a vince promo running down the fans and mankind talk, talking about how he's gullible and an idiot <laughs> and all this sort of shit uh he puts over how they screwed austin and shane reenacts re the non-pinfall from earlier <laughs> it's really funny where vince is talking shane goes <laughs> Do it as he's doing it oh it's so good i bet that was good listening for the audio listeners um so vince uh puts over how much the rock hates austin yep. setting up what is inevitably going to define this generation almost uh foley looks confused grabbed the mic and starts saying but i, I, I can only win or lose by being pinfold or submitting and then vince is like just just get this and then rock smashes foley over the back with the belt nice nice and protected at least it wasn't a chair shot ah, of course man oh, fucking hell what's coming up in a few weeks Mother. after this yeah the 14 chair shots of like beyond the mat or whatever that documentary is is it beyond the mat that's yeah it? it's beyond the mat oh god that's bad <sighs> so rock bottom for good measure vince puts the belt around rocky's waist as but shane and i can't do it winner. up <laughs> and rock's like fuck this put it over my shoulder <laughs> And out of the shadows of the entranceway, it's Austin, he's back! <laughs> Huge pop. Uh, Rock and Austin brawl in the ring, starting something absolutely beautiful for the future. Uh, Stunner to Foley because, well, you know, it's Austin. He's there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hit Austin's music and we're out of here, boys. Fucking brilliant. And considering the in-ring quality of this show was a bit dire, what a fucking brilliant show. I enjoyed every moment of it. Even the trashy stuff with like, you know, the gold dust, the Jarrett's, the Al Snows that I'm not a fan of necessarily at this time. Needs uh, it. It's still brilliant. It's yeah. Everything has a purpose. It's story. It's silly. Everyone has a gimmick that works. You know, it's not overly done. It's not too convoluted ever, but it's all just, just really good. 
Do you think that for our enjoyment, professional wrestling misses being a um, a TV fourteen product? I do. Yeah, I, I very think the. I very think that's not good English. <laughs> I think AEW will be TV fourteen. Yeah, I think so. I would prefer to watch week in, week out. I'd prefer a level of Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, sort of swearing and nudity and all this sort of shit. I think it needs to be an adult-orientated product, you know? And I think it will be. I think AEW will be. But that's not, again, saying that there's not going to be something for a WWE to maintain that young fan base, but then it's just something for the fans to mature to. Because as you were saying, so if you were watching WWE during the Attitude Era, it then starts to dumb down a bit, and you want something to then be able to move on to, but you don't have a competition. That's why people flock to the indies. Yep. Because you could have that level, that still level of attitude era. I definitively don't want WWE to go down that route. No. I want them to be a family-friendly product. We need to have a they, reasonable face on the front of everything. Well, that's the thing. They need to be the mainstream, Yeah. The, the the name for now. And there seems to be, like, listen to Meltzer and Alvarez during the week and stuff. There seems to be two very different audiences out yeah. there. There seems to be a whole section of fans that watched during this attitude era and then just kind of stopped watching. And I think it's a part to do with like, you know, progressing in your life, getting on with other stuff, whatever it may be. Yeah. But then there's, there's people like us that just kind of stuck with it and tried to stick with it for as long as we fucking could because it's almost like an addiction almost, yeah. you know? And it's only in the last couple of years that I've gone like, I just can't waste my time on this anymore. Parenting ruined WWE for me. <laughs> well, no, no, it, did, it didn't. It just yeah. made me realize that do I want to spend three hours committing, well, five hours if I'm going to watch Raw and SmackDown every week to commit to this to keep up to date with it? Or am I going to watch highlights and just read the results? Yeah, exactly. Because, again, Stomping Grounds, started watching it, had it on the background, but not giving it my full attention. Mm. Too busy painting flipping berserkers, mate. Awesome. Stomping Grounds was okay at the weekend. It wasn't bad. Well, this thing, isn't it? Yeah. The same thing as we said about Mania. Even though it's f- fuck long, the in-ring stuff was really, really good. Yeah. It was a really good indie show in front of like 80,000 people. I actually wrote out a whole tweet that I deleted because I, I regularly write tweets and go, does anyone care about this? <laughs> I just delete them, you know? But basically what I was writing to myself almost was, um, you know, Seth Rollins is going on about how this and this and whatever, and like competition, this versus them versus us and all this sort of bullshit. Um, I've completely forgot what I'm saying. <laughs> While you try and remember, I will, we will touch on this to finish. Doesn't matter. Um, I think it's nice that people have a... Um, team mentality towards their brand I think yeah. it's interesting now that Rollins is team with Becky on TV that actually he's suddenly become a little bit outspoken on Twitter mm. which makes me think she's got his phone I'm thinking that relationship might be a work yeah yeah because she's with Charlotte <laughs> what they were the rumours a couple of years ago <laughs> okay I never never saw that Um, I, I don't care if it's a work I just think that I think it's bloody clever if it's a work I mean, sensible. Yeah. Gets both guys over. The man's man. <laughs> Flipping love that. Emasculating Seth like Rollins. Oh, works quite well. It. He's okay. He's fucking amazingly good. Yeah. He's not Ben Osprey. <laughs> <laughs> but I go back to my previous unpopular comment of that Will Osprey would be nothing had he not had his match with Vader. And you do that every time. Nonsense, absolute nonsense. That's not Watch any Rico. Uh, Rico and Osprey got themselves over. Yeah, and then but they they got themselves over as a spot fest. Vader gave gave Osprey the mainstream link. Fucking nonsense. You can check us out at worldofwrestlingpodcast.com <laughs> World of Rest Podcast on Twitter machine is probably the best place to get us. Uh, I'm on 
Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Tex Williams. Awesome. I always have to ask you to do yours first because I have to remember what mine is because I changed it. <laughs> yeah. So, fanboy rich on Instagram and Twitter. Give us a shout. Uh, really, if you want to recommend this pod to a friend, we'd really, really appreciate it. Leave us a review. Just click the five stars and like the iTunes, whatever it is you want to uh, what listen to us on. Uh, it really, really does help us out. And we've got a really solid uh listenership which i'm yeah and thank you very much everyone who does listen it's fantastic so grateful i never thought anyone would really listen to it we very much did this for our own benefit yeah and the fact that people seem to be in responding and all sort of stuff now is really good i'm on a real positive kick at the moment so if you really want to help us out you can go the extra step and you can pick up this t-shirt from amazon.co.uk or amazon.com whether you're in americas or europe or whatever is the best place to pick it up it's only 15 quid 20 dollars and uh yeah it's really really good quality yeah really top draw absolutely top draw thank you everyone really appreciate it see you next week for some more shit tna we're doing what is it uh turning point 2004 the elix skip around the six sides of steel and also the kings of wrestling but not cesaro and chris hero <laughs> look forward to that tna tna chatting no one ever so <laughs> <laughs> i did actually but anyway uh yeah wf 98 is the best isn't it top draw yeah see you next week we just stop doing good stuff that we like <laughs> <laughs> bye everyone